Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamps, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 284 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined as ever by Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good, my man. I'm just uh just keeping busy and getting all this work in, all the work in that I can. Not that you really need any introduction on this show, but uh you well, I actually forgot to say former heavyweight world title challenger. That's okay with you though, right? <laughs> I'm playing. Oh, it's not a problem, man. I, you know, sometimes it, it sucks to even be, you know, bring that up because of the outcome of that fight. You know? But at the end of the day, you know, I don't, I don't mind it. I appreciate it. Okay, okay, I'm only playing. Anyway, getting on to the review part of the show, we're going to start here in India at the Majestic Pride Ship. A big upset. Vijender Singh, the, uh, oh man, he was a really good amateur. He was a, you know, a Bollywood actor, a policeman in India. An absolute superstar, by the way. He got in against a guy called Artish Lopsan, who was 4-1 and one with a draw. And I'm not entirely sure what happened in the fight. I think Lopsan actually got dropped by Vijender Singh. But in the end, Lopsan ended up TKOing Vijender Singh in round five. So he's now 12-1. and one. And I have to say it, it was a little bit of a quit job in my eyes there for Vijender Singh. That could be the end. He's got to be about 34, something like that. Boy, oh boy. Um, absolutely shocking scenes there in India. Moving now to the Bolton Whites Hotel uh, in Bolton over here. This was on the Friday, uh, March 19th. Over here, just a couple of fights to mention. Karim Gwerfi, he was the EBU European Bantamweight Champion, but now he's not. He had the title taken away very quickly in the first round. Lee McGregor, absolutely excellent performance from him. He had Gwerfi down twice from body shots, um, and then the final knockdown, a left hook to the head. Um, three times he was down on the deck there, Gwerfi. What an impressive win there for Lee McGregor. Uh, also on the undercard, Maxi Hughes, the man having an Indian summer. Um, he's took 2020 you know, into 2021 in terms of his momentum. He is now 23-5 and with two draws. A TKO win for him in round eight against Paul Highland Jr., who's now 20-3. and And Maxi Hughes now is the new British lightweight champion. So I'm really pleased for him. He deserves it. Uh, moving out now to Russia. We're going to go here to the Ice Palace in Moscow. Um, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to... In fact, let me let me come with the... With the undercard fights first, actually. I think just maybe one to mention. And that one will be that Igor McCorkin picked up a win. A fourth round TKO win against Dennis, uh, Dennis Sayuk, I think it is. Who's now 12-5. and five. Expected there, really, from McCorkin. But the main event 
Artur Baturbiev now 16-0 with 16 KOs. He continues that 100% KO streak against Adam... I've always thought his name was Adam Danes, but I think it's Adam... Dinez or something like that. He's now 19 and 2 with a draw. Um, yes, yeah, so Baturbiev still the IBF and WBC light uh, sorry, lightweight god, light heavyweight world champion. Um Danes or whatever they called him. He was down in the very first round. Um it was an interesting fight. I actually had it a lot closer. Uh, than, than the judges had it, you know, I think that Danes, I'm just going to call him Danes, he had a really good start to the fight, um, you know, he, he did get caught in that first round, like I say, he had his feet crossed really, and there was only 10 seconds to go, he went down, it was a shame for him, because he was having a great, a great round, uh, round two and three, again, I thought that he, he boxed really well, he wasn't freezing on the big stage, he seemed really confident in his performance, it was clever stuff, everything was behind the jab, he was, he was winning the rounds, Arta was just putting pressure on on Danes really with his feet he wasn't you know he wasn't um he was throwing shots but it wasn't like uh you know over the top with pressure he didn't seem like he was panicked about for me losing the the early few rounds uh round four but Turbiev did seem to wake up he he started to up the punch output he landed some lovely shots including a couple of big uppercuts and straight right hands to the body of Danes and Danes was looking a little bit overwhelmed at that point the mid-rounds, I'd say probably five and six were Baturbiev rounds. Um, he wasn't really able to put a dent in Danes for me, but, you know, it was starting to get to the stage where I think um, he was probably realizing this has gone longer than most of my fights, so I need to step on the gas a little bit if I if I want to continue that, that brilliant KO streak. Um, yeah, round eight, a round that I felt Danes was winning, and then, yeah, Baturbiev finished it. Um, really strongly, Dane showed a great chin, and then, yeah, like I say, the final round, round 10, yeah, down went Danes, it was, you know, it was a, it was quite a quick stoppage, it all seemed to, to come tumbling down really quickly, the corner had the towel in, in their hand, ready to throw it in, and the referee decided to basically tell him to not do that, he waved it off anyway, um, unbelievable performance from Danes, I felt, I was really impressed with him, I was starting to wonder, is Baturbiev just slightly slipping, maybe, um, it did seem like, probably from round 8 or 9, Baturbiev realised, like, like I say, you know, I need to get this guy out of there. And he had another gear that Danes didn't expect and couldn't really match. And yeah, the scorecards for me were very wide. I actually gave him quite a few rounds, Danes, but I wasn't scoring it strictly. But, you know, I was quite impressed with him, really. Um, but Terbiev didn't look his old solid self, I don't think. But, you know, it was against a guy who I don't think he was probably overly um, motivated for. Uh, moving out now to the Pabellón Municipal in Badia de Valle in Catalonia, Spain. Over here, Jose Manuel López Clavero. He was 13 and 14 with a draw. He's now 13 and 15 with a draw. Just one real quick fight. A points win there over six rounds for friend of the show, Brian the Lion Rose. He's now 32 and 6 with a draw. Former world title challenger. I think it was for the belt when he boxed... Um, Demetrius Andrade on late notice there. Um, moving out now to the Wembley Arena in London, United Kingdom. Going to start again with the undercard over here. 
yeah, I'm going to start at the very bottom of the card, I guess. Uh, Ellie Scottney, a win for her. She's now 2-0, a points win over six rounds against Maylies Gangloff, who's 4-2 and two now. Uh, Ramla Ali with a points win over six against Beck Connolly. Ramla Ali now 2-0. and um, Also on the card, we had um, Anthony Fowler with a win. He's now 14-1, and one, a KO for him in round three against Jorge Fortea. And Jorge Fortea is usually a tough and durable guy, but Fowler did really well there to get him out very early. It was for the WBA International Super Welterweight title. Fortea down twice in the third before the stoppage. Um, Joe Cordina with a win, a majority decision, a close one in the end against Farouk Korbanov, who's now 17-3. and Cordina 12-0. Korbanov, I think, was quite a good amateur, if I'm not mistaken, so I always thought that would be you know, a fight that Joe Cordina would not necessarily struggle in, but I didn't think he'd be able to put this guy away with his amateur background if I'm not getting him mistaken for someone else. Um, but yeah, he marches on Joe Cordina, the Welshman. Um, Chris Billum-Smith as well with a win. He's now 12-1. and one. A unanimous decision against Vasil Dukar. Um, again, the, the cards were quite wide, uh, to be honest. Dukar was down in the fourth round and once in the sixth round. I think the, the cards were quite were quite wide in that one. My memory seems to be all over the place at the minute. But anyway, good win for Chris Billum-Smith. One of my um, kind of, not I don't want to say favorite fighters because that's a, that's a lie, but he he's a guy I like to watch and he's a guy that I think can be involved in some really, really good fights at Cruiserweight. Uh, that one was for the vacant WBA Continental Cruiserweight title, by the way. And the main event, Lawrence Sokoli now 16-0. and 0, A KO in round six against Christoph Glowacki, the former WBO world champion, now 31-3. and 3. It was for the vacant WBO cruiserweight world title. Lawrence Sokoli now a world champion in just 16 fights. That's the same amount of time as Anthony Joshua became IBF world champion after beating Charles Martin. Um, Glowacki was, was cut as well over the right eye, I think it was, and yeah, he, he ended up getting knocked out in the end with a right hand. Um, first round, Akoli was keeping Glowacki at range with the jab. Glowacki seemed to be a little bit lost at sea in the first round. The size difference as well was crazy, man. There's about five inches in it, and Glowacki was always kind of ducking down a lot as well, um, you know, making Akoli punch downwards, which... I think was working a little bit, but it made Glowacki look even smaller. So it was like, uh, <laughs> it was crazy. They didn't look like they were both in the same weight class. Uh, round two and three, pretty much the same stuff again. Round four, the same kind of stuff. Akoli landed a few big right hands on Glowacki. He let him taste that power there. And Glowacki took the shots well, but I was starting to think it's a bit demoralizing for him because he just couldn't find a way in, you know, um, wasn't really that creative, Glowacki. He took the shots well, like I say, but just wasn't having any any success. He wasn't really able to get off with any of his own shots. Round five, the same kind of stuff again. And then round six, what a shot to end the fight. Um, totally one-sided, really. A genuine knockout. For me, it was better than Bradis's win over Glowacki because there was a lot of controversy there. It was a straight right hand, right on the chin, right on the button. Down went Glowacki. He did beat the count, but the referee waved it off. Um... What can I say on the matter? I mean, I feel like Akoli's future is very bright. He's already talking about the big fights at Cruiserweight. He's already looking to unify 
And then I think he wants to move up to heavyweight. I think he said that if he ever went to heavyweight, he wouldn't fight Anthony Joshua because I think he said his mum would stop speaking to him or something like that. He's close with AJ, of course. And, um, yeah, you know, everyone that, that Akoli has beaten, this is what I like about when a guy goes and wins a world title or something like that, or does really well in a world title fight. If you're a guy that fought him and then he goes on to become a world champion... Those people that he beat, that have only lost just once, their losses all of a sudden in one night don't look as bad when you really think about it. So, for example, Isaac Chamberlain, he's got that one loss to Akoli. Akoli's now world champion, he's just beaten Glowacki. All of a sudden, Isaac Chamberlain, for me, is back in the game. I mean, I want to see him fight now, like, more than I did, you know, last week. So, yeah, man, um... You know, some people along the way have given Akoli quite decent tests. So uh, those guys, you know, those losses, they don't look as bad for every guy that lost to him now, I feel. But all the best to Akoli. Um, he is, um, you know, he is he's a good fighter, man. Like I say, bright future. Not always the prettiest to watch. I don't really care about that. It's about getting the win. It's about getting the job done. And he did that. And he did that in a one-sided fashion. And, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to see his next fight. If he's going to go as quick as he is saying he's going to go, then this is going to be one hell of a ride. He's already calling out Maris Bradis. Unbelievable. Um, moving out now to... We're going to go here now to the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, Texas, USA. Over here, this is the final card to mention. Two fights to mention. Annabelle Ortiz. I'm going to start with her. She was on the undercard. Um, I don't think she'd lost a fight for about nine years. She was defending her WBA female minimum weight world title. Um, she was 31-3. and three. She got in there with Sinisa Estrada, who's now 20-0. Estrada was able to win a unanimous decision over 10 two-minute rounds. Ortiz, the champion, was down as well in the first round. It was very wide in the end for Estrada. Um, I really like her attitude as well. They interviewed her, you know, just after the fight, like a post-fight interview and her mindset and everything like that is is really interesting you know she seems very humble she seems like a very positive character and you know I like that for women's boxing especially you know so I hope that she has you know a great run like I say 20 and 0 she can punch as well she's one of the kind of more I guess um bigger punching females so it's always good to see her fight and yeah very impressive she's now a world champion all the best to her um, and the main event, Virgil Ortiz Jr., now 17-0. and 0, And again, like Baturbiev, he kept that 100% knockout ratio intact. A seventh-round TKO against Maurice Hooker, the former 140 world champion. Maurice Hooker now 27-2 and 2 with three draws. It was for the vacant WBO international welterweight title. Bizarre tactics for... Hooker, in my eyes, um, he came out firing with Ortiz. I don't actually think that was the game plan, but strangely enough, it seemed to work. Um, I'm going to go through the rounds here. The first round, a great, great round. Um, a little bit, uh, dare I say, Hagler Hearn style. I mean, I was wondering if they heard those 10 bells from their dressing rooms because they played the 10 bells for Marvelous Marvin just before they walked out there. And I'm wondering, did that. Uh, you know, did that make them fight like he did against Tommy Hearns? I don't know. But um, 
Brilliant, brilliant start to the fight. Like I say, Hooker wasn't boxing at range. Uh, he was staying in the pocket. He was mixing it up with Ortiz. It was a really good round. Ortiz looked strong, but Hooker just wasn't phased or outclassed. And Ortiz, you know, he just looked heavier-handed to me. It was a great round. Round two, another brilliant round. Such a fast-paced fight as well at that point. Very interesting to see um, at that point who was going to gas first, you know, because it was so... You know, such a highly paced fight that I wanted to see what's Ortiz going to look like a bit later on if it got to that stage, you know. Uh, round three, another excellent round. Hooker's output and speed was almost making Ortiz be a little bit overcautious, which, again, I like to see because I want to see how he answers these questions. And he was just a little bit reluctant about opening up, I felt, Ortiz in round three. Round four... Um, Hooker caught Ortiz with a big shot in that fourth. It was a right hand. Ortiz was being made to think. Like I say, it was the first time really he, he had to face adversity. And Ortiz was starting to mark up as well around the eyes. Again, I just thought that the tactics were bizarre from Hooker. Uh, it was almost a little bit suicidal. But yeah, you know, I liked it. It was working. It was interesting. It made for a fantastic fight. Uh, round five, a better round four. Uh, for Ortiz, you know, I was starting to wonder, is he starting to put a dent in the very courageous Hooker? Uh, Hooker seemed to get hurt with two body shots as well in that round. And once again, I was starting to think this is looking like another contender already for fight of the year, especially after Chocolatito and Estrada uh, you know, seven days previous. We, we were being spoiled, I thought. Round six, a brilliant round. Hooker opted to stand off a little bit and use his reach to try and box Ortiz. However, Ortiz did catch Hooker um, and down Hooker went. He got back up. He opted to slug as well with Ortiz. Um, he got through the round. Round seven, the final round, um, Hooker came out firing. He got caught with a big right hand and he was dropped down to his knee. And yeah, the fight... The fight ended right there. He, he didn't beat the count. Ortiz Jr. continues that streak. He's never been past round seven. Um, he didn't go past it here as well. And credit to Hooker, like I say, for coming to fight with those crazy tactics. Ortiz did pull through. He answered a few questions. It was a big learning fight. He's got such an exciting future. And for me, Hooker, Hooker can still come again, I think. Um, I'd like to see Hooker fight someone like Danny Garcia. I think he could possibly beat Garcia. I also give Hooker, and I hate to say it, but I give him a big chance against someone like Kel Brook. Um, and maybe maybe even someone like a Yuldenis Ugas out of push, but I'm not sure about that one. As for Ortiz, I'd love to see him box a few guys now, man. I'd like to see him not jump straight in with Crawford like he said afterwards. He said, I'm ready for Crawford right now. I'd like to see him in with someone like a David Avanesian. That would be a real firefight. I'd like to see him in with a Danny Garcia. I think he could probably beat him. Uh, I'd like to see him in with a Jesse Vargas. That would be a good fight. And I wouldn't mind Igis Kavalauskas, and I wouldn't mind Adrian Broner. So any of those I'd love. Um, yeah, there's a lot of options for Ortiz. He doesn't need to rush things. I think he's still only about 22 years of age. Um, but yeah, good fight all in all. And Hooker, when they were booing him, you know, he had some choice words for the crowd, which um, I think were were, uh, were were actually. I think he was in the right in in the right. Um, in his right for saying that, you know, the, the crowd were booing him after putting on such a gutsy performance. Um, it's since been revealed that he broke his hand, I believe. I can't remember which hand it was now, but yeah, all the best to him. Hopefully he recovers quickly from that. Um, yeah, so all the best to him, friend of the show. 
He was on a couple weeks ago. That is it, though, for the review part of the show. Just before we wrap that up, I just want to see if there's anything else that we have to go over quickly, because I think there is. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna probably get onto it in, 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 in the second part of the show, Eddie, but there is, I'm just letting you know, a quiz question. Someone sent in a quiz question for you, so get ready for that in part two. But anyway, that's it for... Sorry, Eddie, go on. No, I said, uh-oh. <laughs> preparing mentally <laughs> okay well here we have it that is part one done the final thing to do just before we wrap it up is to welcome our sole guest on this week's podcast we've tried to go through things very quickly and that's because this interview is very lengthy with the former WBC super middleweight world champion Mr. Saki Obika Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former WBC super middleweight world champion. It is, of course, Mr. Sakio Bika. Sakio, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me, Sakio. So I want to start the interview just with a brief kind of straightforward question. Where did your boxing journey begin? What's the earliest memory you've got of perhaps ever putting on a pair of gloves? When I was, you know, my memory when I was young, you know, I always dreamed to become, you know, the world champion. And then back home, you know, when I was growing up, I was used to see all these big fights like uh, Terry Norris, like uh, Evan Delolifit, Mark Dazen. I want to become in them. I, was, I always feel like, say, you know, this was me, you know, growing up, you know, and one day maybe I will actually become world champion. And that was, you know, I was always try to train very hard to keep me myself very positive and then to achieve my goal and then today i, I was world champion and for me i just feel like say, you know this is the time to me again to try to show the world say, you know cycles back you know and and the hard stage and obviously you represented cameroon at the olympic games in in 2000 in sydney um was that the best moment of your amateur career sakio Of course, yeah, represent Cameroon in 2000 Olympic. It was one of my best, you know, moments in my life because to qualify for the Olympics is not easy. And then we coming from Africa, you know, it's always very, very hard to qualify for the Olympics. You have to become a Cameroon national champion. You have to become the African champion to qualify. It's just very, very difficult. For me, it was one of the best memories for my life to, you know, to represent my Cameroon Olympics. No, and that was that was a great a great achievement. Um, getting on to your to, to your pro career, Saki. I'm going to start just briefly with your debut. Actually, um, you made your debut uh, December fifteenth, two thousand, in Sydney. You box a guy who was three and zero. The fight ended though in round four when your opponent got disqualified. What happened there, man? <laughs> you bring my memory back. That was a very long time. I remember my first fight. Technically, it was, I don't know what happened, or, yes, you, yeah, remember, when my first fight professionally, the guy had a great fight, and then I fought him, and then I really don't know what has happened again. It was one of the best moments in my life, you know, to start professional, you know, being happy to turn professional after the 2000 Olympics. For me, it was just, you know, the I was ready to become a professional. For me, it was my first fight professional. I couldn't remember what happened, what happened for that fight. And then the more important for me was I won the fight, and I was just very happy. My first fight, 
first victory, and I was just happy. I enjoyed myself, and then I was just happy to say this first fight, winning for your first professional fight was one of the best moments again of my life. Yeah, and like well, like I say, it was quite a long time ago now. That's fine. Uh, yeah. You managed to get to ten and zero with seven KOs before boxing the eventual IBF middleweight world champion Sam Solomon. The date for this fight was October fifteenth, two thousand and two. You boxed him at the time for the IBF Pan Pacific middleweight title. Um, it was the first time in your career you'd ever gone past six rounds. The fight ended after 12 rounds in a majority decision for Sam Solomon. Tell us about that night that you lost your undefeated record early on in your pro career, man. Yeah, that's what, you know, I was very, very, that was, was very hard to you again. Bringing that story back was one of the worst, worst things for my life, you know. Getting from Sydney to Melbourne, fighting Sam Solomon in your hometown in Melbourne, it was very, you know, every people that was in the fight, you know, Jeffrey was my money, was my manager, was my trainer, and then people that were very, very, very disappointed. Again, I can't because sometimes when you always, you know, have the negativity, you say you get robbed, you get ripped off, you get, you know, you know, they they rip you off, you know, people that always think that you complain too much. For me, I don't have to complain. Someone, it was very embarrassing because I know it was for my. Ten professional fights, and Sammy had so many professional fights before me, and it was very fit, very awkward father. And then I keep in the distance. I boxed him. I showed the people again around Sydney, Australia. I say, you know, I was a better man than that man. Again, it didn't go the way I was supposed to go because it was for the hometown for Sam Salmon. And then, then get to you, you know, say you won the fight, and then people, you know, come to me and say, Sir, you know, you are the best boxer. You know, you won the fight again. You are just unlucky because you fought Sam and you hometown me again. I always say, for me to complain, I don't like to complain anymore. It was one of my defeat fights, you know. I enjoy it. I learn about that. And I'm glad to make the next fight better for myself again. It's always boxing. Boxing, you have up and down. It was my first my first loss and professional and 10 fights, not lost. This was my first fight loss. Get, get beat by Sam. It was just you know, I always have to say was the kind of you learn about the mistake and you try to make sure that the next time you can win the fight. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, do you think that that loss, which obviously you think was a win, and you're right to think because it was very close, I was going to ask if that loss turned you into a better fighter, but I think it definitely did, so I'm not even going to bother asking it. Um, your your very next fight was two months later, December 20th, 2002. You, you fight in Indonesia. You box a guy. The fight ends due to a head clash. It was ruled a technical draw after three rounds. That must have been frustrating. I know it's a long time ago now, but do you remember that? Yes, I remember that one too. Yes, I went to this was my first professional, like my first professional fight overseas. Yeah. And then we had this phone call with my manager. Was managed me. He said, "What used to be Angelo Hard, I know. He said, "You have a big, you have some fight, you know, overseas from Indonesia. Do you want to? Do you take the fight?" I said, "Man, I will take the fight anywhere in the world. For me, where I'm go, where where I'm coming from, you know, you don't have to choose where." Them present you with the fight, and at that fight, I went to Indonesia and Bali, and I fought this guy, you know, and then we had a head crash, and then, and then the fight ended up grow again. It wasn't disappointing. Always, you know, 
kind of thing, you know, it happened in boxing. And then it was just, you know, it was bad and good, man. In the meantime, it wasn't very bad because getting the draw there with the hit bad step, I was winning them towards draw. It wasn't a bad achievement because I went there, I didn't get beat. Then again, it was draw. And then I learned again about, you know, the first fight overseas, like professional. For me, it was just, okay, I didn't have the win, but I have the draw. Where can I go next? After I have a grow for my first professional fight overseas. You know, that was just again for me the positive man and the positive attitude to make yourself working very hard to try to achieve from time to become the world champion. And that was for me was just all a step zone to you know to become who I am today. And in two thousand and three um, you know, you, you come back to Australia, you, you go unbeaten for your next seven fights. This brings us to October 20, uh, 20, 2004. You, you travel to Japan, you box Yoshishiro Araki, you knock him out in round 10, you go back to Australia, you knock out uh, Juan Downing, then you go back to Japan and you, you, uh, you knock out Araki again. Why did he want you to knock him out twice? <laughs> oh yeah, you know because them um, feel I say yeah, <laughs> you know Japanese, you know in Japanese I was feel the, the manager was feel I say you no know, maybe me knocking up in the round ten it was feel I say maybe I was maybe he is supposed to win it because they were looking that far to go in the distance maybe to get that to him and then and say maybe it's the best time again to bring Sakyo back you know and then we can try to beat him to defend the OPPF. And then for me, how I always say, when they offer me to fight, to go anywhere, I never say no, or this guy, or get scared. I just say, okay, let's go. Let's go show the people in Japan, say, you know, if I know you happen in the 10th round, maybe next time, maybe I will try to you know, and maybe earlier. And then we went there, then with me, it's not about go there and try to knock people out. You just go there, try to win every single round, the way I always train. Go there, Make sure say you are prepared very very good. I prepare for ten run or twelve run. Just making sure say every single run I need to win it. If I can win every single run, and then if you have the opportunity to hold him and I will go for knockout, I will do it. And that was happened. Prepare that fight for like very like very hard training to go to Japan. I was first, you know, Japanese people they know like them like very tough, very strong. They like to they like to win, and then the Japanese crowd and very they love them boxing. They they love, they, like, they love boxing, and me go there again the second time. It was just go there trying to make sure say oh if this time I know this going to turn around maybe now it's prepared very well. He went to America for training camp, and he's back. Maybe he's very focused to beat me to you know to take back the OPPF back belt for myself. I just said, this time, maybe I need to prepare to very well. And I went there because I was more prepared than him. I didn't go to, I didn't go overseas. I prepared in Australia. I didn't go to America. I didn't go anywhere. I prepared to Australia and go there and take him out of my business and knock it out. And then that night, you know, when I beat him, and it's not, it's not a joke. The referee went to the restaurant. After two hours, the referee passed away. That is not a joke. The referee for that night, after... Two hours after the before, after the fight, he went to sit. He was eating. He had heart attack. Fed and passed away. That's not a joke. 
Wow. Wow, that's crazy. It's not it's not it's not a joke. If you went back for my like the second fight in Japan and the video on the YouTube, you see the referee after two after two hours, he went to the restaurant, he had some tissue eat, he had heart attack, but it was over. Pass away. Megan, you know, it's not a joke, Megan. I don't want to say that was it was very bad, very sad when we heard the news, you know, for me. I wasn't so happy. Everyone wasn't so happy again, no. To see someone just pass away like that, it just ruined my fat. And then it was very good, very happy. And then after two hours, he passed away. It was very bad. And again, it's life. We can't, we can't change sometimes. Kingdom. Yeah, and you know that that's terrible. I didn't know that. That's uh, it's interesting, but but it is terrible. Yeah. After that that second fight, obviously that's when you you get the chance to box for for your first world title, the WBC super middleweight world title. Exactly. The champion at the time, exactly. Marcus Bayer. Um, you were winning the fight by shutout on one of the scorecards, and the other two scorecards, both judges had it a draw after only four rounds when the fight came to a premature end due to a clash of heads. Uh, the fight ends in a technical draw. You had to travel all the way to Germany for that fight, May 13th, 2006. Tell me about that one, Sakio. Oh, that one was again shocking, 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 shocker, very, very shocked. It was very one of the moments on time you decided what is happening for myself what is happening what is going on why after four runs you know this fight couldn't go away and then it was just the kind of fight on time you go you prepare you're happy you know you have this opportunity for fat market buyers in germany and your hometown and then for me nobody knew people that knew me a little bit people that know me the way i was good the way i was trained I always train, I always prepare, I always ready to go and rumble, to go and show the people in the world, you know. When every, everywhere I can go, I don't care, I don't care exactly where in the world, I will just go there and handle, handle my business. I went to Germany to find market buyer. It was one of the terrible nights for myself because the referee that time was uh, Joe Cortez. I remember then Joe Cortez, after Joe Cortez, after the four round, I was beating market by every single round, the first round, second round, third round. And the four round we have, because it's sapled, head crash, and the, 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 the cut was the under the eye. And Joe Cortez said, no, the fight is under the eye. This fight, it can, it can continue, it can go ahead. And then because the people in Germany, they knew that I was very strong, you know, Market buyers couldn't do nothing. I was very strong in him. And what when they see the opportunity, they say they went over there, they start, they speak with the them language, whatever, and then say, look, we can't let this part go away. We can't let this part continue to go. We need we need to stop because it was a full run. And then I don't know what happened behind there. It was maybe around 35 minutes, 30 minutes to get the judge, and then come back and say it was technical growth. And then Joe Cortez, everyone, Joe Cortez say, look, we speak to him, say, Joe Cortez say, this, this cut was under the eye. This part was supposed to go to his again. Joe Cortez wasn't the, the doctor for the night, you know. The medical people, they had to decide, or the doctor had to decide, this had to go the way, or we have to stop. And the medical man, because they was behind with the promoter, that time, the promoter, I can't remember his name. And just, you know, this fight can't go ahead. If you go ahead, that's so we take this belt from Marcus Bayard. And then for me, it was again a sad moment. And so it was technical growth. 
And when they had to offer technical draw, they had to give me a rematch. And then they couldn't give me the rematch because they knew that I was just too strong for Marcus Bayer. And then this was again one the opportunity blew for my hand. WBC went away again. Again, it was when I come home, when I when I flew back to Australia, you know, I went back, I remind myself, my, like, remind, like, no remind, just thinking about what exactly, what, what just in the fourth round, we have this process, what we couldn't go in the fifth round, what on the seventh round, what just in fourth round, and I couldn't get the answer, and people can just say to me, so look, you know, things happen, it's happened, and the ref was behind you, he wanted to go ahead, May all the judges, all the referees, all the people in Germany, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't leave this fight to go ahead again. In the meantime, they were just, you know, like they couldn't say bad luck. They were just say things happen for a reason. You just have to breathe in and breathe out. Keep working very hard, and one day, maybe you become a world champion. You never know. And then this was just again, aura birth just blow up on my hand and go away. May again, it was just one of the of the moment of my life, fighting for the world title again. I never had the chance to get that world title again. Second time again, maybe you don't know. Did you know the market by a pass away too? He passed away maybe four months, one year ago. Oh, and wow. pay for it. Did you know about that or no? No, I actually didn't. Two years ago, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, one year ago, maybe one year ago, yeah, um, some people then call me after one day, one year ago, and say, oh, Sato, do you know people from they say, do you know your you open the market by your pass away? I say you sure? I say, yeah, I'm sure they say you sure I say you you sure this man yeah, again, you know, I know I have to say things about people passing water but it was just one of the star moments for my life again. That birth is just flew for my hand again. Yeah. No oh, man, that's yeah, but you know the fight itself. Yeah, you're right. Why didn't it happen in round six? Why didn't it happen in round seven? Sauerland was was the promoter at the time. Exactly, Sutherland. <laughs> I was trying to get that name. Sutherland. Yeah, it was him. I was. I couldn't get that name. Thank you. It no was problem. him. He said, "No, we can't give the chance for this guy. This guy's too strong. If you give it a chance, that this bird is going just say, look, we need to stop this fight, and then and say it was technical draw." Dirty tactics, but um, yeah, you you probably would have gone on to win that fight, and 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 uh, you know to have the fight stop because of a head clash, you know, is is a bitter pill to swallow. But it didn't take you long to get another shot at a world title. Five months later, you're you're in the UK in Manchester, in the opposite corner yep. to the to the reigning WBO and IBF super middleweight world champion Joe Calzaghe. The fight would end in a unanimous decision for Joe Kawasaki. Tell us about that night in your own words, Sakio. Oh, that one again is a cracker. It's a very cracker fight. This is one is one of the, uh, you know, when I always say for people, when they have the opportunity, you never see no. Because before I have the phone call from one of my managers, he said to me, Sakio, you have the big fight with Joe Kazaki again. I was in the U.S. for this tournament, and then I heard my uh, my elbow, and I have this operation for my elbow, and then I get a phone call, say you're fighting, you did you want to take this opportunity to fight Joe Kazaki? I said, man, I will take it. And then I have the operation, and then I get the phone call, and I was training again, short, I don't have to go for too much long. And then to me, to fight Joe Kazaki, you see, it was one, you know, it was one of the greatest. I can't say 
he wasn't. He is one of the greatest superman of time. One of the greatest because they have so many. You know, undefeated, retire undefeated. You know, is a guy. You know, sometimes you need to take the Mahat form. Big respect for Joe Kazaki. May giving you the respect. You know, it doesn't mean you know Joe Kazaki being again was. You know, again he said he said he said Sakio was one of the toughest fights. Again, he says sometimes I was very very dirty. I never been dirty for nobody. It's just because I was just too strong for him and he couldn't know exactly. And then you listen, maybe around with everyone, he said for his father, what can I do? What can I do now? This guy, his father just said, go and walk because he didn't know exactly. He couldn't, he couldn't, like, he couldn't, like, he couldn't, he didn't know exactly what to do because I was, you know, I, I was on top of him, pushing back, trying to hit him. You know, I always say, you know, that fight was very, very good fight. For me, for Joe, for Joe Kazaki, it was around maybe 25 or 20,000 people watching that fight on UK. And then Joe Kazaki said, never give me no room. I said, I was too strong for him. And for the interview, he said to me, he said for everyone, say, you know, I was just too strong. And then for me, fighting Joe Kazaki was just the dream come true to find one of the greatest fighters for all time. I don't have to say it wasn't a hit. You know, to me, to go there, Tell her, then Cody said the crowd was grow or maybe I beat him. I always think maybe I beat Joe Kazaki. Then again, you never, say you beat somebody and, uh, and Joe Kazaki won, you can't say you beat him. Joe Kazaki won the fight. But for me, I was very pleasure to fight one of the best fights of all time in Super Middleweight. Because for me, it's a pleasure to be in the ring with Joe Kazaki. You know, it's not because I said I beat him. It was maybe one of the pleasure for me to be with him. And then maybe tomorrow, maybe if I retire tomorrow, you know, if a young kid you know, want to go for the internet, it's all circle. Who do you find? You follow many best fighters. One of Joe Kazaki, this, blah, blah, blah. You know, for me, it was just a pleasure to follow him again. I always, it can always be wonderful, you know. We, we never talk, maybe if I see him, we always be maybe one of the friends or one of the greatest. And for me, it was just, you know, I don't know exactly what to say, it was just, it didn't happen the way it's supposed to happen to me to win the fight. And then it was the first time Joe Kazaki was fighting for HBO. They were looking to look good, but it didn't look good because, you know, because they never knew exactly who they was bringing to UK to fight him because they were thinking that supposed to be an easy opponent. I never been easy for nobody. And then after the fight, you know, Joe Kazaki said, well, bastard, he was so for all day because, you know, he couldn't handle the pressure, the pressure I put for him. And for me, again, I said to just want the pleasure to fight him again. He always say for everyone, say, no, I was one of the tougher. May he have to change sometimes the world. When he wants to say I was one of the tough, he says that he's tough, may he wasn't dirty. That will have to say for the people. If he needs to say for the people, about me, he needs to say for the people, he always he was very, very tough. May he wasn't dirty. That he will be more respect because I respect you. When he need to talk to me, he need to talk to her with the respect. It's like one of the tougher fights. Man, it wasn't dirty. It was just very tough. Now, I won the fight because, you know, I always prepare to win the fight. I always say for people, when I'm going to the fight, I'm not coming to be in the dirt. I just go there to crash, to break my opponent down, to win the fight. And then I will, that day, I was just going to break it down, to try to make it sure, you know, I'm here, I'm strong, I'm training hard. I will take that breath. 
but I never have the chance to take that breath again. I always say it's always boxing. At the end of the day, one person has to win. And Kazaki was a winner, and I was a loser. And we just have to move on again to see exactly for the next one. Yeah, and like you said, you're 100% right. You've never been easy for anyone. Like, I don't care who it is. You've, you've always been a nightmare, you know. Um, after that, you, you come back to Australia, you, you get two wins, then you travel to Canada and box Lucian Butte, uh, June 15th, 2007. Uh, this, this is an eliminator for the IBF title. <laughs> Tell me about this one, yeah. Sakio. In in Canada. <laughs> oh man, you are how you no, that is very that is good, that's good. Oh again, again, again. Many stories, many good stories, many bad ones. Again, going to Canada fighting Lucien Britain for the RBF Eliminata. He was again oh man, he was so so happy. To go to Canada to fight the same beauty. I said, Oh, this guy, I can beat him. You know, to fight for the RBF, it was just easy. I would demolish this guy. I went there, I always say to people, I went there. When I have, then before I went to Canada, maybe it was just, again, some other scenario say, Oh, this is the best opportunity. Fighting for the RBF and the champion for the RBF that time, it was very, it wasn't like very good. And then it was very, like, average father, you know. He was one black guy, I can't, I can't remember. And then fighting Lucien Pitti was just, oh, wow. I get this opportunity. I don't know. Lucien Pitti will very well, man. He's a sapple. I fought so many sapples. I fought market buyer was sapple. I fought Joe Kazaki sapple. I fought so many, maybe some other people. I was spending sapple. It would be maybe easy work here. I went to Canada, how I always tell people, you know, fighting people in the background, where I'm coming from, coming from Africa, living in Australia. I know Australian, I'm just African, Australian. Raised in Australia, grew up in Australia, man. When people that always see me, they never present me like with the respect with Saku living in Australia, Saku Australian. Saku, yeah, it's coming from Africa, from Cameroon, man, it's Australia. It represents Australia. They always take me like Africa, like the second class. I went to Canada, how I said to you, beating the same beating, win the first round, win the second round, win. I was winning six round before the same beating, start winning the seventh round. And then the referee, it was Canadian. He was always push me, do things there, you know. And the end after that fight, they said the same beating, he beat me on point. I don't know how. If you win again, you rewind the step back. You see, Sarko Bika versus Bute. The first six run, I was winning. The first six run, I was winning. And I don't know how you win the first six run and the other six run left, and then you lose the fight. I don't know what, 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 what happened. How then say Lucien Bute won the fight. I always say to you, my friend, you know, with me, like, the way people judge me, the way people look at me, sometimes they look me, you know, they're not there to give me the opportunity. They just look me to try to break me down. Go to Canada, I lose with Lucien Beauty again. It was one of the very, very, again, I always say maybe because I never had no chance to get a good manager because I always have the phone call. I always, you know, people when they're looking for the opponent, 
and ask me, sir, could you want to go? I just say, yeah, hey, I don't give a shit. I will go there because with me, I never have no time off, you know, to take it. I have a little bit time off. I always train. If I not do boss and play soccer, if I not playing soccer, maybe I'm running. If I not do running, I do like weight. If I not do weight, maybe I'm walking. If I not do, if I not do weight, I do something. I always do things. And to me, Louis with Lucien Beauty, it was again one of the worst, like, bad feeling. Maybe say, oh, maybe because I not have a good manager, I just go there like opponent. I not go there like to people to respect me. Because when I go there, you know, I just have my trainer, and the guy was handled to, like the guy used to be my manager. He wasn't like he was just a people sometimes. Then they just, you know, when they get, you get a phone call, say, sir, could you want to take this part? I get the fact from you. He wasn't like the kind of the top manager. You know, they had to get, they had to look after them, them fast. You know. To try to respect when you go for somewhere, you know they know the judges, they know exactly what to do. You know, for me it was my case it was just it was just there when they had a phone call, they can call me, say, "Sir, do you want to take this part?" I say, well, "Look, I don't give a, I don't care where we eat. Let's go. If the money is good, let's go do it." And then for me, fighting in the same beauty was just again one of the worst things. Winning the first fifth fifth uh, round and then lose the fight on point again. I always say it's not time for complaint. It's bad. You just have to move forward and then look for the next one. You know, it was very bad. I learned again my lesson and then, yep. And also, that referee you mentioned, he kept pushing you back. He's actually dead now as well. I don't know if you knew that. No, I don't, I don't know that. Okay, yeah, he died. Um, he was only 51. I think he died uh, three years back now. So, uh, crazy, wow. crazy. Anyways, after that fight, that's when you you do get a big opportunity. You sign up to take part in the contender. Um, you you beat uh, Donnie McCrary in in the first fight. You go to the semifinals. You get your chance at revenge against Sam Solomon, who of course you you had the fight with five years earlier. This time you'd beat him unanimously over eight rounds. Did you enjoy that revenge? I know you did. Oh fuck yeah! Oh sorry. You can say what you want. Yeah, no, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, just the fuck yeah. When I said I'm not supposed to see, I don't like to swear. Yes, I said yeah, fuck yes. Yeah. I really, really, really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. So that was one of the, you know, again, being in the contender. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, we same, you know, in the contender. If you, you, I think you watch it. You know, they had so many people that were very loud. And the contender, and then I was just one of the easy, cool. I don't like to speak too loud. I just watching people going, and some someone was one of the louder one who used to you know, show off. And then my first fight when I fought uh, Donnie Macquarie, uh, Donnie, and some someone was training, some someone wanted to beat me, and some someone didn't want me you know, to be there. I was just looking them and laughing. And then uh, Queen Donnie, show you all, say, oh, I beat Sakyo before, you know, it would be an easy fight for you. We beat Sakyo, you know, Sakyo is now body. And then when I beat, I beat him, and I, I, had to, I had to fight Sam in the second and the semi-final. And then Sam, you know, to me beating Sam, it was just to try to show Sam, say, look. You know, sometimes about talking and just try to show off. It's just about how can you prepare and your mind and your heart. And for me, beating Sam just to show, say, look, say when we fought in Melbourne, you didn't beat me. I beat you in Melbourne. You were just lucky. You were just in your hometown in Melbourne. Now from Sydney. 
we couldn't get the judge said because I was it was for you. All you people there and beating you and the state for the big show on the contender was one of the best moments for me in my life, you know. People watching that around the world were one of the best show, you know, in two thousand seven. To me beating some in the contender for me again, it was just try to show for people again, say, you know, when you know, I always like like it was just scratch to show for people say, Look, I'm the man for the show and then beating sound for me it was again just just like I don't know, you know, I'm I don't have no no word. You were just I was just I was just very happy because this was like one of the rematch to me beating because he couldn't give me no more rematch. Then he couldn't want to find me. This was just the best opportunity for me for the contender fighting Sam in the semi-final because again, to me when I beat him, I was just very happy because you know the way he was acting in the you know in the heart, the way he was acting in the show, the way he was you know presenting himself like you know he was like you know he knew so many he can train people he can give them the advice you know how to beat someone. If you want to give advice for some young kids or for some people. For some person have to be the other guy, you have to crow and cross if you give them the advice and they can't do it, and then you now you have to show him how to beat me because he was giving Tony Macquarie the advice how to beat me, and then the semi final he is supposed to beat me but he couldn't, and I beat him for me was just you know I I was just so happy to just to show say look maybe it's not hard to pick too much maybe not need because for me. One thing I can't talk too much, man. The thing I can say to him, they my fix, he can talk because I know how to hit people. Yeah, I know how to clean very hard. I'm very, when I want to hit you, you know, I don't need to talk. Then my fix, he can, he can, he can tell you, say, okay, when you get hit, he will tell you, say, this guy, maybe you can't talk to him very loud. If you want to talk to him very hard, maybe you have to go to the gym and clean yourself very, very hard and to come to talk to this guy. And for me, when I'm, when I when no uh, I defeat some someone in the container for me it was just to show you no know, not about talking on the back of people is about going to the gym, train hard, prepare and your fist can make all the talk. And then uh, for me, I was just always say for something my fist make make all the talk. It was about talking loud, try to impress people, say you know how to talk or you know how to speak or you know how to 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 you know to attract people, it's not about you no know, we're there. It's boxing, boxing. No, it's not the comedy show. Boxing is not about go do the comedy or go and and become a movie star. Boxing is about go in the ring and perform. It's not about go behind the ring and try to make sure say you are the, you can make people laugh. Boxing is not about laughing. You not play with boxing. That was I said to something. You no, know, you can't play with boxing. And to me, beating Sam was one of the you know one of the best moments again for me myself and you go into the final you beat Jaden Codrington uh, despite both of you going down in the in the first round so you win the contender um, had you ever yeah. been to America prior to the contender and also how did it feel to win it uh, to win the show oh for me to win the show no for me to win that show with no being close to Sugar Ray no, Sugar Ray, De La Hoya, all the other winner, the contender. To me, to be to win that show was you know, was one of the best 
moment again of my life was not about the money, it's just about the winning that show because the contender is opening me so much opportunity. No, it didn't give me so much opportunity because I was having a concert there. I couldn't do, I couldn't go, I couldn't have a big fight. But winning the contender for me, it was one of the best moments again of my life, you know. And then, and the final with me with Jadon Carrington, I don't know how to say, I don't know how I survived that first round because I always say for people, people that always ask me, Saku, how did you survive that first round? I always say to people, you know, when you have that heart, that heart coming from Africa or that heart, you know, that kind of heart I had is about the management and the crane. Because when you crane hard and then you you know where you're coming from, you know, is that is growing me to be win this container because getting that left hook when Jadon Carrington hit me that left hook because when I knocked Jadon out in the first round, it wasn't a very big punch in knocking at me. When he, he knocked me out in that first round, my foot was gone. I don't know how I survived that first round. And for me, people that always ask me, I say, yeah, I'm definitely because, you know, and you have to know where you're coming from. You want to you want to win it. You want to print hard. You want to... For me, again, how I always say, maybe I don't have to put too much negative and positive. Or for me, it was just one of the best moments winning the contender because I knew that that show was Many people that were watching to me to win that again was one of the best fights in 2017. Uh, 2007, sorry, 2007. It was one of the best fights ever, ever in 2007. I remember after winning the contender, people that were ringing me in America said, Saku, every single, every single day, ESPN show you fight on ESPN, the final on the contender. Sitting now is the one of the Best fight you ever see is a fight you can go every single day and play and see that on YouTube. You can't get bored. It's a kind of fight you never get bored. It was one of the like every time when I see myself or when people then see me sometimes they always say, "Oh, you are the guy for the content." That's on one of the old people. I always say yes and say, "Man, you have one of the best fight ever, ever in the container for me." I always it always make me feel so happy. And for me, step myself, step I'm saying to you. I saw so many, I saw my fight on sometime in YouTube and my place, the contender, I never get bored. When I put it, because the way people they speak, the way the command crew, you know, the way people they speak, and the way we was, me and Jadon Carrington was just toe to toe. The first one to, when I stopped him, that was for me, I always feel like, say, you know, putting, putting, like, putting that show very high, winning the contender again, making sure, say, this was one of the best fights ever because when you put my fat and put any fat like water to people that can always say, Oh shit, the contender man, I can't get bored with that fight because if you said now, nah, if you tomorrow you go you find a depth for the contender fan, you put that there. When you the first one starts, you don't want to go back to the toilet, you don't want to go for, maybe if it's a one calling you go just say you test it back, I'll call you back because it was one of the best memories for my life. I was just very happy to win the contender. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was you know a fight that took place in the final as well which made it even better. Um your career just had so many ups and downs. So after uh, 
you know, winning the contender. You put together a free fight win streak. You knocked out all three guys. Then you get the Jean-Paul yeah. Mendy fight, an IBF eliminator again. <laughs> this time, you're disqualified in the first round <laughs> in Las Vegas. Sakio, man, you hit him when he was down. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that was fun. It was good. You got too excited. You got too excited. Yeah, very too excited. I don't know exactly all. Sometimes I when I see myself or outside the ring, I just let you know. I don't have to say that maybe people that know me that oh, so this guy very general, that guy's very easy going. And then and the ring sometimes I just will be crazy. I don't know where maybe I have so much energy. I don't know where that energy is coming from. You know, me fighting Jean-Paul Mendy, this guy coming from Europe, you know, from French, for the Limnata birth. Again, that time I was very lucky. That was maybe my first fight with High Airmen. If I remember, the, my manager from America, High Airmen. And then gave me this big opportunity to fight for the RBF Limnata to fight Jean-Paul Mendy. And then I hit him with an press run out. He was gone. He was gone. Man, I didn't see him back knee. This is the First time ever I see people re- rewind the tape on the back and show the referee say Sakio hit this guy when he knew he was touching the floor. I never seen nothing before like that. I was in the ring maybe for nearly five minutes. Because after when I knocked it out, they rewind the tape back to try to do the replay. How Sakio was hitting this guy when he knew because he was gone. When I hit him, he was, he was gone. Man, I didn't see a back knee touching the, the canvas. And I hit him with apricot. I know he had cold. And then I was disqualified. It was one of again. I said to you again, my friend, it was one of the sad moments again in my life. I didn't know exactly what was happening for me. You know, easy fight, easy win to become an RBF water to, to follow the same beauty for rematch. I never have that chance. I get disqualified, and then it was maybe again very bad, very sad. You know, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't explain. I couldn't, you know, it was just very hard. Made the best thing with that, the very, very good thing with that. After that fight, I went to my dressing room, and I him and come to my dressing room. He said, "Sakio, look, it was unlucky. May not need to worry. It was him with De La Hoya." And say with De La Hoya with uh, Richard, uh, Richard Schaefer, there was crew of them. I heard men, De La Hoya and Richard Schaefer, then come in my great room and say for me, Sakyo, you don't need to worry. It's accident, it's happened. And I men say, you don't need to worry. Just go back, train, and then we can get you some other opportunity. And then you'll know what happened after that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Only four months later, you're back in America. You invade America again. Oakland, California yep. for the WBA Super Middleweight World title against the undefeated Andre Ward. Um, again, you go 12 rounds. Tell us about that one, man. Andre Ward was a, was a good fighter, man. Oh, without fight with Andre Ward, you know, it was always... Andre Ward knew that same now. Andre Ward can always say that. I know I scared. Andre Ward knew that he was just very, very lucky to win that fight. Andre Ward was scaring for me. When he see me stepping and when it was very was scary because getting for me to get that fight with with Angle War it was for the tournament from the Super Six. Again I need to win the step back again. It was on the Super Six. Again the Super Six it wasn't like that bad. 
all the people like on the content that chooses some some you know all the best people it was just about Europe and America because I was one of the best super middleweights on that time. Nobody couldn't say, nobody couldn't challenge me. Certainly now, nobody ever challenged me. And that time, to me, I was one of the best super middleweights, you know, they were looking for the super seats. The super so I was one of the best super middleweights. I supposed to be in the, the super seats. Man, never get chosen. Because what it was just about American, European, and never get chosen again, because I don't know what has always happened. And then Anglo was supposed to fight. I don't know who was supposed to fight. And the guy got injured. And then they were looking one person to replace him to fight because uh, Tafo was fighting some other guy. Anglo was supposed to fight somebody, get injured, and some other body get injured. And that time, Hyman used to manage me. I don't know how Hyman quick people to, to accept me to fight Anglo War. And that was I have that opportunity to fight Anglo War. I was fighting Anglo War for replacement for the Super C for some other guys supposed to fight him in semi panel. And for me to go to fight Anglo War in Oakland, it was just about making sure that Anglo War had to win that fight to fight Garfolk in the final at the Super C. It was just for me, if it's to me to win for that fight, I supposed to knock Anglo War out to win the fight. If the fight was going the distance, I'm not supposed to win that fight because what? If I win that fight, I supposed to destroy the super seeds. And what they were trying to do, they say Anglo will go there, try to make sure say Sako can know it at. And then when you see you saw that fight, Anglo was very, you know, I always have to say I need to respect Anglo War. It's like Joker that is one of the greatest fights. I can say if the people then go then watch the step very, very, very good, very well and then turn the sound down and then just see who was winning. Because for that fact, I created six hungry and something pounds. Hungry was winning maybe around three hungry. I don't know how can you create six hungry pounds for 12 rounds and someone create six hungry pounds and the other guy can win the fight. I never, like if you go and you see and you rewind the tape or you see for the record, I create more pounds than Hungry was. Nearly six hungry pounds for 12 rounds and Anglo World could by around 300 pounds. So I don't know why I lose that fight. Again, I don't want to go back and say Anglo World was dirty. I don't want to say that Anglo World, he was this, he's retired and defeated like Joe Kazaki. He's one of the greatest fighters too. I respect Anglo World and Anglo World respect me too. But for me, you know, it was just, I knew that I won that fight again. Shooting now, people that always say was very close. And then, for me, it was just because Anglo War that was trying to trying to win that fight to go on the Super Series. For me, it was just a little bit sad. I always say to you, people knew me, people that were scaring. Certainly now, people that always scared. All the, that time, I was one of the best Super with. I never got the chance to go for the Super Series. I fought Anglo War. It been on poor, you know. And then when people then saw that fight, it was one of the best fights. The Anglo War stayed for the people. I have to say what Angle was saying. For many people, manager, trainer, say, look, I never get this guy. Remaster was pissing blood for nearly one week. He was pissing blood. It's not bullshit. I don't say that many people, people that say that some men, some men from America, let me, and Jeff, uh, Jeff War, uh, Jeff War is a big manager for position for many people. He used to, he said, um, 
this guy, uh, Sugar Ray, if you ask him, he will tell you, Anglo, what was say for people, say, what pissing by me before one week, say, I never get this guy rematch. I was lucky to win this fight. As I always say for people, when I fight someone one time, they know I want to give me a rematch. Again, it was just one of the kind of classical, you know, classical, I don't know, classical boss, and I always put the best show, because I always come to put the best show, the best, you know, I never come... I never come to the fight, you know, try to make my opponent or to look good. Not like look good. I always go there. More pressure and more strong. I'm coming there. After the fight, people can always say, oh, I'm very lucky I win this fight. This guy is just too strong. But for me, I always say, fighting Angola again, it was again the pleasure. They retire undefeated. And then for me, it always, you know, kind of history. I always write the book. I always write in the book, you know, fighting Angola just gets an order. Story. When some people watch that fight, they always say, oh, that fight was very good. You know, Sakio, that guy, man, he can fight. You know, for me, it's always a pleasure. You know, if I win the fight, people can always say, oh, man, that guy, she said if he lose the fight, he can fight. You know, for me, it's always, like, for me, it's, I always feel like when people, they always pull me for the high, you know, for the first, like, first place, you know, they always respect you know, what I bring, you know, to the boxing for me, it always make me feel as, you know, seventy I lose, you know, I always get the credibility, people they always respect, you know, if he didn't lose, may things happen, then give for the other guy, may that guy can fight my opponent, when they win, they always sit in the back and they say for that people, for certain friend or for some friend, I say, oh man, that guy, I was lucky, man, that guy can fight, man, he's very strong, and for me, it's always, he always make me feel as, you know, I need to go back again, always train hard, to always making sure, you know, people that can always respect it. And then when you're talking about Sako Bika, you never put it down. You always say, you know, that guy, you know, he nearly two, you know, he was fighting nearly 20 years now. He always, the guy, you know, when I fight him, he's always strong down for me. He always make me feel like people respect me a lot. And they always make me, he always, he always give me that aura, aura attitude to me to go in the gym and work very hard for me. Fighting Anglo War was just again, I said to you, one of the best moments for my book, for my book is free. You know, always fighting the best. And when you're fighting the best, you are the best. That was, I always could see myself as like one of the best fights for nearly 20 years for my generation. I can't say, I was, you know, when I look around 2000 to 2020, I wish I was one of the best fights for two generations, 2000 and 2020. Because nobody never tried to challenge Sako Bika. I challenge everyone, everyone always pretends they never heard. And then I beat some people, or I challenge them, they never say, okay, I can fight Sako Bika. Why do not want to fight Sako Bika? Why? You know, being back in boxing around 18 or 17, you know, may I ask you, ask me about, you no know, Angola, and I don't want to go behind Angola, or just say what, for me, Fatty Angle World was just again one of the history, you know, history book. I take for my record, see, I thought to get one of the best fights and one hundred and sixty eight pounds. 
and you know you're you're a proud man you're a proud fighter i think you could tell that by the way you'd fight and i know that you know some of the losses that we mentioned you felt that you did enough to win did you ever think though that perhaps it just wasn't meant to be because officially you you drew with marcus bayer you you lost to kawasaki you had the loss to Butte in, in an eliminator you had the disqualification against mendy you lose to andre ward you had a lot of chances up to this point that obviously you didn't kind of make the most of did you ever think that perhaps it's just not supposed to be you're not supposed to become a world champion or not uh before when before before that i would think this maybe it was just maybe i'm not supposed to maybe it was just the way sometimes life is go on maybe sometimes this guy have like this guy have the talent may never, never become a world champion for me it was just fear i say i have all the best talent in the world I can fight everyone, I can win the water out, I can defend, I can beat everyone. But sometimes when you go there, you know, you always face people that are like you. They have that hunger. They want to be they want to become a world champion now, then what then just the kind of people like you. Again, because my generation in 2000, 2020, all this guy for super and was very they refresh, they want to win it, they want to win and then I was just maybe one of the unlucky because sometimes when I say unlucky because I don't know exactly if we need luck because luck is not there. You have to go and train hard. From, I don't like to say people they're lucky because luck is not exist. You have to go and work hard. For me, I was just maybe he was a man to become that time. Seven when I win the WBC bird, I was just okay. I was so happy. But for that time when I fought Angle War, Market Bayer, I grow, I get disqualified by Mindy, you know, I get ripped up by Butte. I went so many countries to fight all these people. I will always feel like say maybe my time it wasn't right for that time. I will just say maybe I just need to go back again in the gym, train the world train, always have one thing for my man, being a positive man. And when you're positive and you think you're positive, so you want to become one of the world champions, maybe we have that chance. And that was, you know, I never back up. I never have, I never have no heartbroken. And I always have for my mind say, to be the best, you have to clean hard. And then to become a world champion, is then it's not you don't have to go pay to become a world champion. You have to clean hard. You have to own it. And for me, I will just say maybe one day I will honor to become a world champion. And then have them say, always they laugh, they have up and down. The down one, it was just the bad, the bad moment. But now, I, when I win the world title, I was up. It was just, I said to you, maybe my time, it wasn't for that period when I was fighting all this Ghana. It wasn't for my time. Maybe my time was coming back later. And that was, I said, you see, sometimes you can't. You cannot change the universe. You cannot change the universe. You just have to go the way go. If it's your time, it will become yours. If it's not, may I always say it's not luck. Because if he, I was maybe if I was if it was the luck, maybe someone that, that was lucky, may for me I always feel as if so maybe it wasn't luck, it wasn't my turn my, my time. For become to beat this guy, maybe it was very close, then give to them maybe someone it was Unlucky, I get disqualified. I always say maybe it's the university supposed to be like that again. Yeah. 
and I think your persistence and your 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 mindset kind of you know delivered in the end because after that loss to Ward, you know you you take a whole year out the ring, you come back. This is when you go on a brilliant run. You stop Alfredo Contreras in three. Then you become the only man ever to this day to stop Dyer Davis. Then you take the O away from the undefeated twenty five and O Nicolas Schwetlocker. Uh, you had some real momentum behind you at this point, and obviously the the Schwetlocker fight was a final eliminator for the WBC world title. This would mean your next fight would be for the world title. June twenty second, twenty thirteen was the date at the Barclays Center in New York. You boxed for the vacant title against the undefeated Marco Antonio Peraban. Tell me, Sakio, about the night you finally achieved your goal of becoming a world champion and that persistence paid off. What did it mean to you, man? It was it mean a lot. A lot. It mean like sometimes you dream when you're a baby, you're young. I dream when I was uh, you know, I was living in Cameroon. Maybe seventeen uh, seventeen years maybe seventeen years ago before I qualified for two thousand for two thousand Olympics. It was just the kind of moment sometimes you you realize wow, I shift my you know, I shift exactly what I was looking for. For me it was one of the best moments in my life because when I run the step back, I see so many people are fat. I fought like I never had the chance to win the bird and then this time I won I win it. I have it in my hand. It was this kind of moment on time. You run the tape back, you see the young kids, when I used to sit on TV, maybe at 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock, or back in home, see all this big father, like a, a heaven that receives my euro, like, you know, Terry Norris, my euro, Mark Tazo, all these big, big, big names. And then now I have the WBC for my hand. You know, I couldn't, you know, it was just a kind of moment. You don't know if it's real. You don't know if it's fake. You don't know exactly. You don't know exactly the kind of feeling you can have. For me, it was just one of the best moments of my life. Again, that time I never forgot it. Winning that WBC bird for me, it was, you know, the dream come true. And so many people that were so very happy for me. So this guy went a lot for so many up and down, and definitely won it. And then I won the WBC bird. I can't say it was because. Before I have too many people, you know, when you say you have a good team behind you, you know, maybe that time I, was, I, I didn't have it, you know. This time I have it, a good team. I have a high MM behind me, supporting me, helping me for my training game, making sure say, I have everything in my hand, making sure, say, you know, I'm prepared, making sure say, I have this, I have that. You know, for me, it was just one of the kind moments on time. You figure, I say, now, nah, that dream, I used to dream when I was baby. Now I have the really bird, the really WBC bird in my hand. For me, it was just awesome. I wasn't sitting now. When I look at the WBC bird in my home, I always say, wow, I achieved, I achieved my goal now. Now I feel I say, you know, save tomorrow or whatever, I retire. I can always look at the young kid and say, no, if you have a dream, you have to follow your dream sometimes. The up and down may never be, you, like you never you never I don't know how to say that like you never get disappointed. If you get disappointed or you get a little bit disappointed, you never achieve your goal. You always up and down. So if you lose, you never give up. Go and train. Always put in your mind you want it, you want it. And one day it will happen. 
and for me it was the way he is because if he like tomorrow Sebiti Aken someone want to come and say want to do a movie for me my Akimi Babu get one of the best movies because when you see a full Kazaki Marcus Bayer Lucien Brute Jean Paul Mendy a full all up and down I always you know close lose I never give up never give up always pushing go back to the gym start again start again every single day and then I win it how can I say now I achieve it I'm happy so happy I was very happy for myself you know again this is the kind of thing sometimes how I say that you say when I go for my home sometimes I see my baby baby birth I'm nearly 40 I always say yes thank you I'm so happy for myself happy for my family say now I achieve my goal except tomorrow if I need to encourage the kids you know I have a story behind me I will tell them to kids see I always happen that if you if you can't keep up go do going going if you want to break down when you break down it's over you never come back you never break down just go behind and forget it and keep working very hard always dream always dream and that was for me because I always dream and then the dream become the reality and that was I was just very happy to become a WBC champion in the world for me it was the dream come true it was so happy for myself living in Australia I was very happy you know looking myself going back to Cameroon where I'm coming from and maybe tomorrow if I need to encourage young kids from Cameroon you know sometimes with people coming from Africa the life is very difficult there I will always say for young kids coming from Cameroon say kids you know if you need to become if you want to be if you want to achieve your goal you have to work hard and then you can achieve it may not kind of hard say if it didn't happen you can you can just break no you can't break down you breathe and you you you, you breathe in and you breathe out and then you start again and one day you can achieve your goal and for me it was just one of kind of like you know encouragement I can give maybe for some young kids not just in Cameroon all over the world Australia, Cameroon, all over the world, they ask me a question, how do you do it? I will tell them, say, never give up. It's the only way I will say to them, never give up. Yeah, and it's, you know, you didn't ever give up, and your perseverance paid off, and you, you deserved it in the end, for sure. Um, let's talk about your defences. Your first defence came six months later, back at the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn, against the undefeated Anthony Durrell. You're down in round five, but you hold on to the title when the scorecards reveal a split draw. Uh, tell us about that one briefly there, Sakio. Hey, Bruce, I would just say, you know, again, I'm not American. I'm not Anthony Durrell, American. He beat the cancer. They're looking some superstar the one then forced me to become to then force me to uncle uh, until that was the manuscript for the IBF. I didn't say no I told I would take him out I said no I don't want it and say then force me to was the, the number one and how I, I, I always say to you no thing happened maybe I win that I win the fight it grow me I didn't say it didn't grow me it grow me I go back I win so many runs and the last run I nearly knocked it out it was lucky and in the end, then it was draw. And then it was just a kind of, you know, they were looking maybe to strip the bird to give for American because he beat the cancer. They were looking. He had good story behind him. This guy living in, in Australia, you know, maybe Australia, yes, he's Australian. Maybe he's not, 
you know, Australia, who give a shit, you know, like our UK, so I will live in UK, put a voice, put say, fuck, you know, this is UK guys, I will live in Canada, put them will say, oh, fuck, this is a Canadian, said, you know, is Africa, this Canadian, people have lived in America, put them will say, say, fuck, this is American, said, he was born in Cameroon, they don't give a shit, when me live in Australia, nobody give a, nobody give a shit, they don't care, they didn't give a care, you know, you know, I can go back to America. If I was American, yeah, people didn't care. If I was Canadian, for I was UK, UK care for the citizen. When you're UK, come anywhere, they will support you 100%. And we say, fuck that, or we bring him here. May the thing I never have no chance to get that in Australia. Man, you can always say for people, I'm lucky I'm even in Australia. It doesn't mean say I don't love Australia. I love Australia, man. I never have no chance. The Australian people, the good promoters, you say this is Australia. They need to be, be they need to go behind you and support him. I went back over there, you know, was draw and then if I had like uh, really like you know people like if I was UK, you know, I suppose to say I don't need to give no more rematches done to UK is over. But then force me again to give you a rematch and then yeah <laughs> you have to yeah sorry, I quite I carry on. Yeah, it was just the kind of change on time you win the fight and then because I wasn't American, you know, then people was draw. I'm not supposed to get no rematch. And then, yeah, it was draw. And then I stuck that in. And then I said, okay, we see the ne- I was looking for the next one. Yeah, and, you know, as you say, the rematch takes place eight months later in Carson, California. Once again, the fight goes the distance. You had a point deducted in round eight for a low blow. Yeah. You end up losing yeah. unanimously. Um yeah, that's got to be a bad, a bad, sad memory to look back on. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, no, it was very, very sad. It was very sad. Again, how obviously I don't know exactly for that fact. Therefore, the rematch. Sitting now, you know, I don't want to say. I never say that for the people. This is the first time you asking me that, and then I never take that on the back of Anthony Darrell. He win the fight. Definitely win the fight. I can't say he didn't win it. I say. If I say I win it, maybe I will say maybe I'm lying. Because for the fight, I said to you, I was prepared for the fight. I need to say something for you. I will prepare for the fight. I was one hungry and fit like crazy. I, my sparring partner, I can say I have three sparring partners that could handle me for 12 rounds, 10 rounds. You can call my trainer to ask him. You can call people that were there. I was fit. I was ready to Beat Anthony Darrell. But for the fact, I don't know if I was overtrained or people that were growing me. I don't know. Some my people, you need to ask them. Before the woman fight, I was in my dressing room. I feel as if my foot wasn't there. I wasn't there. The first punch I hit for warm-up, I feel as I was flat. I don't know what happened for me. I cannot say that it's the first time I'm saying this thing, this story for people. And I say that for many people, my friend. See, I don't know for that fact who I will overtrain or I will get them someone drugs or maybe they put something in my water or they do something. I don't know. I don't want to point the finger. It was just a kind of thing sometimes. You're very, very fit in the gym. You have three sparring partners. You break them down every time. I was like machine trained, like, you know, prepared for that fact. I was very fit. I was very strong. I was hurting my sparring partner and the sparring, like for sparring everything. I don't say that just because I want the I want maybe people to know about that or support. Yeah, we talking bush. I don't like to talk about myself. Man, if people they have a chance 
should maybe talk to my sparring partner, the one that was helping me for Anthony, for Anthony Darwin, and we tell, that we tell people, I was so very sick, maybe day for the fact, maybe I don't know what happened, or I was flat, or maybe something, then do something for my aura. I don't want to point the finger for nobody, maybe thing is, it was just very sad for me, losing my WBC bird, and the rematch with Anthony Darrell was very, very sad for me. And I wasn't very happy again. I can't say I didn't get beat. Because if I say I didn't get beat, you feel I say this guy complaining a lot. And again, I, will, I get beat. Maybe thing, I don't know because I was overtrained. I don't know if he then do something or then grow. I don't know. Again, it was just the kind of sadness. Again, I say to you again, sometimes when you want to run the, the, the step back, you always say, why is always me? Me, me, they always have to give me more pressure. You know, I was fighting all the best fighters in the world. I win the WBC, but they come to me. I thought I'm doing that. It was draw. Why they not give me some remark? I, I just I can choose who I want to fight before I fight Anthony Jarrell. Why? Why just they need to put me more pressure against to say rematch? Why I will fight Anthony Jarrell before? Because before I fight Anthony Jarrell, I have, I become a number one. They have number one, but sport was vacant. When you become a number one, you don't need to fight straight away the number one. You can go and find some other one. You defeat your belt first, and then maybe three months or four months or eight months or one year, and you find that you have the number one position. But then force me for everything because sometimes I say to you, you know, if I was Englishman coming from Africa, maybe the Englishman, they love them. You know, they don't care about where you're coming from. When you are, you can fight, the English people, they love you. You go to Canada, when you coming from Cameroon, you coming from where you can fight, Canadian people, they love you. You go to America, you are you, you, you coming from, I don't know, anywhere in the world, you are American, they will go behind you. The only the country, maybe I was in Australia, you know, I never had no chance. Australia people, they was really, they love boxing, they love me, oh, this guy, he do that by himself, he won the WBC, never get lost to public, the people, he trained very hard, he became a world champion, nobody never heard him. I always have good story behind me. Only see, I never get Australia people go behind me and try to protect me to have that bird for so long. Again, that was I always say, you know, maybe it wasn't much. It wasn't maybe living in Australia, maybe it wasn't maybe the right place. Maybe again, I said to you, I have three beautiful kids here in Australia with Australian women, and then I'm very happy with my kids. I'm very happy I live in Australia. And again, to swap people to go behind me to try to meet to me to have that birth or come and defeat at in Australia. Or say when I want the RBO, you know, only thing maybe I never have that chance because maybe it wasn't for myself. I don't know. Because if I was maybe decided I want to go to UK, become a, maybe a fight in UK or Canada or America, maybe I suppose you'd be more happy over there. Now I'm very happy, you know. What I see for my career, I'm happy I'm living in Australia. My kids, I'm happy. I'm the always happy. I'm always I never get many. The bad thing is just maybe I never had the chance of Australian people supporting me. That was always the negative thing I had because fighting the best fight, I was one of the best fights to tell me with the all maybe for my generation. And then I was go everywhere. Maybe if I was maybe how I just a British, Canadian, American, yeah, maybe I'm supposed to have maybe, I'm supposed to be maybe one of the 
Big fight maybe for all time, maybe at September because after winning the fight or maybe before then, maybe I suppose because I was very sad now. I always fit, I always looking strong. I never, I never break my motivation. Maybe losing that fight with Anthony Jarrett, I think maybe it was just the kind of sad moment. And I feel I like say if maybe I have the government of people or we not have no good promoter, yeah, because it has a promoter management and also we not have. Only them shit, they just about themselves. They're not about boxers, they just care about themselves. That was, I always say maybe, you know, it wasn't maybe the way it's supposed to be, maybe because I was leading Australia, I always go to America to fight. And then my manager had him and said to me, can't live in America, you know, I don't want to live in America because I didn't love the way people live there, I want to live in Australia. Maybe they always change them now. I always fight, I never retire, I always fight maybe single, I always say maybe. Australia, they never, you know, Australia promoter or manager of people. Maybe when you are not born Australia or when you know Australia, maybe Australia is not for people. If you really want to become a professional person, maybe Australia, I need to say that I don't give a shit about nobody. Maybe Australia is not the best place to be in because it's not all the promoter and manager, they just fucking shit. They're just about themselves. They don't know how to do it, the business, they're just there for. They said they're not care about they're not care about boxing, they just care about themselves. If you said they want to care about boxing, then pretend they're not care about boxing, they just care about themselves, about how much money they can make and how much bank account they can have, how much more money they can get it. And for me, my own regret was just, you know, winning that birth with Anthony Darrett was very sad for myself because I was just there by myself. I wasn't nobody nobody in Australia that was there for for superstar could be if it was there for me, maybe I'm not supposed to lose that bird, man, because it wasn't there for me, and that bird just disappeared from my hand. I always say to you, I was happy to win it. So high DCP, I never get disappointed because, you know, Sakyo is his Sakyo. Sakyo is me. Me, who's, who's make me, who make me feel, who can make me feel happy? Just myself. If I'm happy, I don't care about Australia or the government or the promoter or the people. Whatever I care, when I'm happy, I see people in the street, I shake them hand, love go on, it's a happiness man. If the government or the people of Australia was very supported, you know, my best never go away. Maybe I supposed to defend that maybe twenty times or ten times or seven times before I can lose her because I was one of the guys very fit, very strong. Nobody couldn't handle me. How I said to you, I lose that bird that day because I can't see a bit Anthony direct because I don't know if I will get drunk. I was just flat. I don't know what happened. And then how I said to you, you just have to move on and get that and be happy. And yeah, you know, you never really had it easy outside the ring, easy inside the, well, you never made it easy inside yeah. the ring. You, you, you know, you people, I guess, probably weren't looking out for your best interest because like you say, it's difficult. A, a guy from Africa coming to Australia and then fighting yeah. in in a you know you're you're fighting out of australia your adopted homeland and then you're exactly. going to a different place to fight representing your adopted homeland you know it's, exactly. but um eight months later you travel to canada and i've got yeah. to say sakio man you you really didn't seem to shy away from a fight with anyone you boxed anyone no. anytime any place anywhere you go out to canada you move up to light heavyweight in your very first fight at the weight, you boxed one of the biggest pound-for-pound -pound punchers in the world, Adonis Stevenson. Oh. April the 4th, 2015. Um, 
Can you take any moral victory away from boxing a great fighter, a bigger fighter, a southpaw puncher like him in Canada at a weight that isn't natural to you and go in the distance? Even if you lost, can you take a positive out of that? Oh, I was very positive. I just, I was just very, very, very happy again, you know, to fight, you know. And uh, I don't know Stevenson. Just very moving up to the heavyweight and fighting Adonis Stevenson. We were just losing with him, getting knocked out to us, getting up. Maybe the first one was sleep. The second one was very, I didn't see that right hand coming up. And then push him all the way back. And then, yeah, it was just one of the moments again for my life. See, yeah, this guy, when I see myself, I always see it was always. When I see my resume again, fighting Adonis Stevenson, knock up everyone with a big punch, you know, go with the distance with you, was just unbelievable. So just for me, I was just feeling like, except now, every time I see, you know, when you always run the step back, how you say you run the step back to the beginning, to now, to Adonis Stevenson. For me, that great story you do, like, who you presented to me now, it just made me feel so very happy, so very positive, and so very happy, you know, to love boxing, to what I love. Because running that step back, go to Canada, fight this guy, and then people then will say, oh, because some one person come to me after the fight, you bought me one orange juice because he wants to buy me a bee as I'm not drinking. He said, he said to me, Saku, you know why? I said, no. He said, I just want 15,000 U.S. Canada. I said, bullshit. He said, you want 50,000. He said, why? How do you want it? I said, because I bet of you say, I don't can't stop you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? I said, I say, and then that time, he bought me juice, and then what he said to me, said, go, look, if you hang that with bad, he bought me juice, he said, because I have maybe my teammates, he bought everyone a bee. He said, I give you a bee for everybody. And they give me a business card. I say, anytime you come to Canada, if you want to see me, just see me. Come say hello. I will get you a beer. Because he says, I go, I bet 50, I want 50,000 for one of my friends. Say, Adonis can't stop you. Say, because nobody never stop you. He just said that to me. For me, he just brought me mad. Say, I just say, thank you. We have a picture. I was just one of the kind of, no, the kind of recognition, the kind of, like, when I see myself, I see myself like I can take, like I can fight with the heavyweight, I can hand on them to the to 12 rounds, they never know me. And for me, it was just one of the achievements. See, again, losing with Adonis Stevenson, you know, and fighting him to a lie heavyweight, the first fight, a lie heavyweight, and going to decision with you. For me, it was just, again, I don't know exactly how to qualify myself. You know, maybe you, you have some words to qualify me or to tell me exactly who I am, because sometimes, when people, they ask me sometimes, Sako, who are you exactly? Where, you know, what you still lack, what you still strong, what you always fit, what you always, I say, look, it's about management. I know how to manage my, I know how to manage my body, I know how to take care of my body, I know how to, you know, to take care for this body, that was, it's about management. And then when you say that to me, again, go and fight, I don't even lie, I wasn't lie, you know, and then maybe I will go very good, then again, I get beat on point, for me, I don't know exactly what kind of knowledge you, you can give to me because if I say to me, I'm just a Terminator or I'm just like maybe the Robocop, I don't know exactly because people, they always ask me, you're just too strong. 
his eyes when he's doing how you body so why 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 me except i don't know the answer about myself i just say maybe in the way because was the way i was i was born and then it's not about steps on the way you was born just the way how you manage yourself how you take care of your body how you make sure you know you can take maybe I'm very lucky because one day I went to do the extra in America from the, before every box, you have to do the x-ray, you have to do the brain scan, you have to do someone. One day someone said to me, I need to tell you a short story before I go back. I think it was Adonis. He said, Saku, you have very, very thick bone spoon for you, for your brain. Maybe, maybe I was just very lucky. See, my, 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 my brain, it had some very thick bone around my brain. Maybe that was maybe... It's very difficult people to know me at again. I was just very happy again to fight one of the best fights and lot heavyweight, knocking everyone out, you know. He couldn't know me at again. It was just a pleasure again for myself. I said to you, always we need to click the box. I was clicking the box. I went to Canada, I fought Adonis. He didn't he beat me on point. Do I put the best show? Yes, I put the best show. People that was happy. Yes, people they were happy. People then come to you after they fight, they say you're very good. Yes, people buy me beer like this. Yes, people buy me beer. And someone won 15,000. Yes, someone won 15,000 because he knew that like nobody can stop him. For me, it was just a page again to fight Adonis Stevenson. Um, yeah, like I say, I mean the odds were against you like crazy in that in that fight. And after that, you don't box for two years. Uh, then you come back in 2017 uh, with with two wins. The first over Luke Sharp, who came in as a cruiserweight for a, for a super middleweight fight, and you you end up knocking him out in round seven. Then you go out with a win over Gerard Ajetovic. Uh, you you outpoint him over 12. You retire with a record of 34 wins, seven losses, and three draws. Um, so that's that's where it ended. So Saki, I want to ask yeah. you a few kind of quick fire questions, just really quick yep. ones before we get on. To... No, it's all right. It's all right. I'm with you. No, no, I'm with you. You make me feel you, the way you bring me back. You know, it just make me feel so happy. I'm just very impressed again. Thank oh, you I to Buran to step back. I was just very, you know, of course, this interview for me just make me you blow my mind up. It just make me feel so happy today. To Oh, nice, man. That's exactly what you need before the fight next week. So I'm happy about exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you, Sakio, man. You you, you say yeah. that the the bones around your brain is really thick and that you you just can't get knocked out. And I believe that. Um, who would you say though is the hardest puncher you ever fought? Uh, for me, the hardest punch people that always ask me, and it's not the first one you ask me about that. You are not the first one. People then ask me all over the world, internet, Australia, America. When I go step to Europe sometimes, when I speak to people, people all ask me, who are the top fathers? I always say to them, say, just one guy. When I fought, I fought him in the, on the contender final, Jadon Carrington. And say, what? I say, Jadon Carrington, that guy, I never get, like, I never get hit like that because if I say, if I say Adonis or if I say maybe Anglo War, if I say maybe Joe Kazaki, maybe I, I want to give some people the recognition and then make them feel like, okay, maybe because I'm bigger, you've been just a bigger. I need to be very fair. That was I always say. I'm not there for bullshit. I'm not there for stick. I get knocked up by Adonis. Yeah. I get knocked up by 
Anthony Darrow. Yep, he was this was just flash. You can see, made the very very strong one. I always say that for every guy he asked me that question. I say was this guy Jaden Carrington? That left hook or the punch was hitting me. I was feel it because with me, I can feel it. Me, I don't. It's like a poker game. You feel it. You make say not feel it. It's not for who scared. And then when me I hit you, you feel it. As if you show me say no, you hurt. I will go. I will jump. With me because I have so many. I have that kind of like a body like poker game. I never show. I never show people. Man, no, it's not bullshit. The very tough punch for all people at fault is Jadon Carrington. It's not bullshit. I can't say it was Adonis. I can't say it was Anger War. I can't say it was Joe Kazaki. I can't say it was that or that or that or that. It was Jadon Carrington, the guy I fought in the final on the contender. Yeah, and yeah, he could, he really could punch. Um, on to the next. Yeah. On to the next uh, quick question: uh, Which which win of your career? Because I'm I'm interested in this. Which win of your career, Sakio, is your favorite, most satisfying win? Oh man, the win, man, is the winning the WBC World Title. Yeah, against winning Perry, the man. WBC World Title again, because winning that WBC World Title again is so many history for there. So many history because my daughter, she's she's she beat she's. She will turn seven in June. She will be no, sorry, she will turn eight in June. When my daughter she was born, I wasn't there. I was in America fighting for the world title. Though my daughter she was born maybe two day or maybe two two day earlier or two day later before I won the WBC birth. No, I wasn't when my wife was born. She was getting the third child of my daughter. I wasn't there. I was in the hospital. So I missed the I missed the birth for my daughter. And then when you ask my dad, you know, winning the WBC birth, you know, I want the contender. The contender is the kind of birth to you know people. It was maybe three hundred, maybe maybe three hundred million, maybe five hundred million. Then what's the contender? Because it was one of the best series in two thousand seventeen, uh, two thousand seven, not seventeen, two thousand seven. Maybe winning the WBC birth. Oh shit, man. It's not the RBO, it's not the RBF, it's not the R, you know, it's not the WBO, it's the WBC, you know, one of the cracking birds, you know, so many crackers world champion and one used to want to go from, you know, early eighteen, early seventeen, early nineteen, you know. I don't want to start speaking the name. So many names won the WBC. And then this guy, this young kid, you know, he, coming from Africa, Cameroon, you know, living in Australia, travel all around the world, you know, try to put some food at the table, you know, winning the WBC birth and the Barclays Center in America. You know, for me, it was just one of the, you know, the moments on time. So I always say, when you always, you run the step behind, you know, start the story behind me, step by step, step by step, step by step, so now, you know, the kind of, um, like the camp of uh, when you win it, you never forget it because if it's out because the best fight and the best thing you win, if I say was a contender, I'm lying. If you know the WBC, one of the greatest birds in all time, when so when I get out with the WBC, just show that for people, you know, the kind of battle they want to touch it, people they want to feel it, and then I won it. I nearly I missed that in 2000 when I full market, but I didn't get it, you know, and then I. W- 
definitely want it. It's WBC. And, uh, for me, you cannot, you, know, you it's just a cannot. You, you never forget it. You can forget all the record you have, man. When I'm home, every time, and my, you know, and my connection, when I see that WBC birth, I always feel like I achieve. I post it for many eliminata becoming number one, this, that. It doesn't mean nothing. I grow for WBC. Sometimes maybe when you grow in WBC, you become a world champion too. Maybe they support you. Maybe bring the the law. When you grow, you're a world champion too. But maybe when I grow, they fight with market, market bias. Maybe I support you become a world champion. But I didn't. But winning the WBC, you know, oh, I'm too. I'm just 40. Maybe I'm too hard. Maybe I don't know if I can live. Maybe say 100 years old. Maybe I'm too hard. 62. Just remember. I won the WBC birth again. Every young kid is see me or I present you, I talk to him, I say, if you want to win, try to win something you can always remember. To me, winning the contender, yeah, it wasn't a whole title. Me winning the WBC birth was one of the best things of my life. You can't, you can't describe it. You, can, you can't forget it. No, you can always be there. Always to the end, you know, to the end of this world. You can always be there. Yeah. Yeah, and again, let's let's go through this next one uh, quite quickly, Sakio. Um, yeah, who's the best fighter you ever fought? It's surely got to be either Adonis, Joe Calzaghe, or Andre Ward. I'm guessing it's one of them three. <laughs> uh, I think so. Yeah, I think one of them three: uh, Joe Calzaghe, Andre Ward, or Adonis. I think for me, the best fight I think I fought. I think I can say maybe it was maybe. Joe Kazaki. Joe Kazaki because, you know, I don't say that because you, you know, is a British or because I think it was Joe Kazaki because, you know, and the way I train or the way I push him and the way he see on the, maybe in the run, it, he say, he say for your father, what can I do? Your father say, let's go there and because he didn't know what to do. Man, again, for me, when I run the step back for the interview, when he say, because in the one eight he said for the actual father, what can I do? Because too much pressure, put so much pressure for me. I always think again it was maybe around twenty one or twenty thousand, I can't remember twenty one thousand or twenty thousand. It was back, you know, for me. I always feel I say the best fight was with me with you no know, Joe Kazaki because again he retired undefeated. I can't say with with the I can't say he was with the Adonis Wilson or was with uh, Angry Wall. I think my best fight was with Joe Kazaki. I feel I say it was one of the fights when I, I watched on that step, I see the way he was speak or the way he was breathing and the way he was a little bit scared and then the way he was step one he say after the fight. It's not just him, every single person. Angry Wall, every single person. He said this guy just too strong. It's always come. He never get hurt. You know, say that step by step, step by step, put it on negative and dirty. I wasn't meant for me. Always feel like saying, you know, your respect is there because when they say I'm too strong, people respect that. And that is like my trademark, respect. They say it's too strong. It's about respect. And then for me, I think it was Joe Kazaki, one of the best fighters I fought. So, Joe Kazaki, the best fighter that you fought, you reckon, yeah? yeah? Okay, yep. that, is, that is interesting. And um, I want to ask you this as well, Sakio. Um, 
have you got any regrets about about if you could go back and change something in in your boxing career please keep it brief is there any regrets yeah oh regret i will keep brief regret i will just say i get a regret i was just regretting touching maybe regret if i knew in the beginning maybe i never after 2000 olympics maybe i supposed to go maybe to america or canada for some place and the second regret again is maybe if you are new again, maybe I'm supposed to go to America to get really take care with the best manager. That is the two regrets. The regret is about leaving Australia and the other one because I'm supposed to go and get the best manager in America. Or yeah, but again, I have the good manager Angle and uh, Ahmed. When it come after the, after when I win the contender, I was stuck for that contract. He knew how to take me for the contract and uh, he gave me other opportunity. For me, it was, I can't say I have the best manager too because I, you know, I have a man, I went to the WBC. He looked after me very well. He gave me so many big fights, like, uh, like uh, Angro War, you know, uh, like all these big fights. It was just I am making the best job behind me because it wasn't me. And nobody didn't want to fight me that time because. I have the best manager. Maybe if I will have I am earlier for my career, around when I earlier, maybe I supposed to be maybe one of the one of the greatest for me again. I never regret. Just a two regrets. I didn't have living in Australia. It was maybe it wasn't a good decision for me to be. In. And then I didn't get the best manager on the early of my career. If I had the best manager taking care for my business very well. Maybe I suppose, you know, she's supposed to be very good for me, for myself. And again, that's just the two regrets I have. And if you if you could fight, if you, well, not, not now, but if, if ugh, let me rephrase. If <laughs> <laughs> I can always fight everyone because, you know, I can always fight because A.G. Hurst, let me tell you, A.G. Hurst, he said, now, nah, I'm nearly 40. Eddie Hearns is say, I don't have to, it's not bullshit. Call him now or tomorrow. It's made him, call Eddie Hearns. He said to Eddie, Eddie Hearns, he say, he never put nobody as super with the England with me. He refused. I challenge everyone there in UK to come there and fight as super with. And Eddie Hearns say, look, this guy is too dangerous. There are nobody said now, people them so scared. I don't say that you can ask Eddie Hearns, he will say the crew. You don't need to pray for the interview. Just ask him, say, Eddie Hearns. That's you say you never put your father with him. It's true. We say they have to be very fair. Say, say, Sako say, yes. He said that say, he never put his father with Sako because everyone is so scared to find me or to challenge me. Because I'm nearly 40, I'm still looking good, I'm still looking on the shape. That doesn't mean say, I'm retired. I don't want to say I'm still maybe, I'm still very, very good how I used to be. I used to train. I'm not training again the way I used to train because I train a very smart. But A.G. Hearns, he said, he can. I want to fight. I don't need to chance nobody. I want to fight the best fight at Superman with England, America. May nobody never challenge me. I'm 40. I have the best regiment and the bossy history for all time. And people are so scared to fight me. Why? Because this guy, he can fight. Sakia, my question, my yep. question was actually going to be, if you could have fought anyone in your career, um, is there is there a guy that you wish you could have got the chance to fight but didn't get the chance to fight? That was what my question was going to be. 
Because I know oh, for a while you wanted to yeah, fight. It, it, it good. It's a very good question. Yeah, the best question was when I used to fight. Because I said now nah, we've been very, very, very selfish. The best person I was trying to fight, refuse, it was you, you got from a um, car from. I went to England. Yeah, I remember Challenge you coming South. here. I remember, yeah. Yeah, coming to England with the WBC bird. When, after I went his win, I was there ringside. A.G. Hans, he gave me the ticket, the, the, the seat ringside. I went in the, in the press conference with my WBC bird. I showed my WBC, I said to Carlford, this is the two birds, less unified. And he pissed himself, he couldn't see, he couldn't challenge me. It was just the best, it was just a regret. Because if he had always said, you know, when I used to fight, nobody, you know, today now, people that have to be fair, and then you have to say that too. Nobody never cannot change to challenge me. People then were just scared for them pains, under them pains. I went to England, pay my flat with my with one of my, you know, entourage. We went there. He challenged Carlfro after when he beat, uh, he beat, um, what's his name again? He beat one of the father English. Grove, I think was it was. Grove, yeah, it was Grove, a big Grove. I went and said for Carlfro, this is the best time to call me up and we unify the birds. He couldn't, he couldn't say, he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't. And we had the Peter man here, he couldn't say, okay, is it because I went there, I want to show the people, say, yeah. Because I said that in Australia, I said, I want to challenge him. People that would say, I went, I bought my flag. I bought the accommodation, I bought everything. I went there, I said, let's do it. Let's unify the bird. Man, he couldn't because it was just a pussy house, you know, that was just a scare. And then he couldn't, and then for me, it's just a regret, you know. Pay my 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 flag, go to England, to, to, to England, go out to challenge this guy before after you know a big growth, you know, to unify the bird, you know, and your home hometown because I was coming to your hometown to unify over there, and just I have to give the date when and want to happen. My nobody never nobody never speak. It was just so quiet again. It just went quiet, and nobody never talk about it. because you know why. Because it's always because this guy is coming from Africa. Because if I was Canadian, I was English, I was America, the journalists, all, all the journalists are supposed to support me. They say, no, this guy can't come over there. And then because why? WBC, nobody will give a shit because I win it. Because they know I'm too, I'm too good. I'm too dangerous for everyone. He just went very quiet. Nobody never talk about it. I went there. People show me two days after that, it went quiet. Nobody never said, oh, well, no, this fight had to happen. Nobody, no journalists ever say. Nobody, everyone was quiet. That was, I always say, look, you know, that was, I was just, uh, I was just one of, I can't say because I was just unlucky, say, the other journalists never, I never had the chance, maybe because, you know, and just in Australia, this all journalists, they never had the chance to support me the way they support because, if I was going to England, quite challenging guy, he's supposed to accept to find me because if it was the opportunity to find me and people that supposed to talking about to make this fact happening. Why is that this fact never happened? Why? Because they were just too scared. Because they were too scared and because the second thing because you know, it's always because where you're coming from, who you represent, who represent you, what 
what exactly who, who, who represent you, whose people they love you, first you live in Australia, I said, you know, they love you, they love to talk about you. It was about Jamaica, I was British, I always say. I was a Canadian, Australia, a Canada, Cameroon, British Cameroon, whatever. The British people, when I went in, they're supposed to say all the money, they're supposed to say, go to the newspaper, say, no, this part has to happen, has to happen. But it just went very quiet. That was one of my regrets because I never had the chance to visit uh, in UK. And because, see, again, I have the record. I fought Joker that in UK. People, they only knew who I was. I mm-hmm. give the best show, the best part with Joker that HBO, the first part and Joker that in HBO. It was mm-hmm. with me. And then it was just the best moment to, to come for to show the people in England say, no. I can fight. I can fight Anglo War. I can fight Joe Kazaki. Maybe I will show the people for England say I can be man. Everyone was just too scared because why? I always, it's not easy for nobody. Nobody don't want to take no chance. And people then just too scared for them pains. And then for me, it was just one of the regrets. I never fought. I never get the chance. I went to England to fight Joe and my aunt, uh, I never get the chance to fight him. It just went very quiet. And I said to you, it's always. Sakyo, you know, Sakyo have so much story. I think maybe I need to, I need to, somebody need to, I need to make a movie. So I have to come and say, Sakyo need to do a movie because my movie will be one of the best movies people that want to watch it. <laughs> you know what? I I, I I would have liked to see that fight with you and Froch. I think it would have been an interesting fight. And, you know, I think, I think if you sit back and look at it from the outside looking in, who would want to fight Sakio Bika? That's how I'd feel. I wouldn't want to fight Sakio Bika of all the guys because you're not going to look good. You're not going to knock him out, even if you bring a, a gun to the ring. So, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a dangerous fight. But anyway, that's all in that's all in the past now. Um, you've, you've, you've been inactive for three and a half years. I know that in that time you were supposed to fight Nigel Benn. That ended up not happening. Um, I was going to ask, I was going to ask, because again, when we set up this interview originally, you didn't have yeah. a fight scheduled, or you might have had a fight scheduled. I think it fell through. But anyway, it's happening now. Next week, Sam Solomon, the third fight. Tell me how this came around and... Uh, what are we gonna expect to see from you and Sam? Ah, the thing people that have to respect with me with Sam, people that we see the new it's not the new, the same Sakyo. Coming, looking good, looking fit, looking to take care of his business. You know, then I fought Sam before and then he beat me one, I beat him two, I beat him the second time, this is the third time for me. It just feel like, you know, people, you know, they put never see me for so long, for nearly three years. I didn't fall, you know, that we come and see exactly this guy to look very good or the guy can punch. And the guy too, you know, I don't want to say too much about on next Wednesday. I just want to people to be on TV. This part we've been on TV. People that will watch the part. For me, I always feel like I'm feeling very hard for this part. I'm prepared very well. I'm very, I'm ready to, I'm ready to rumble. Our people that always say, I'm very ready to rumble. And I feel like, say, you know, I'm very confident, say, you know, coming this Wednesday, the 31st of March. I'm prepared very well. I feel very hard. And then some are great to do this part uh, at 75 kilo. And then it was in the day, I was supposed to get scared. He wants to grab me up to do 75 kilo. I'm very happy to do 75 kilos on next Wednesday. 
and just show them the people in the world, you know, that you is look 40, in a minute, I've been 41 next month. It's 41 years old. I'm still looking good. If I'm looking, if I'm not looking good with them, maybe people that will see me, they want to come. I'm still looking good. Maybe people that will scare me again. I'm saying to you, I'm preparing very well with this part. I'm just really, I'm looking forward to all my friends around the world to come and to see this part happening and uh, to see me have a good win. And then to everyone, we try uh, to say something. What, you know, if we, I didn't perform very well. I perform very good. People that we say, but for me, I always say I'm preparing very well for with them. I was training very hard. I'm looking good. I feel fit. I don't want to put too much in for the Instagram or for them because when I put so many people, they always I'm always looking very fit. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to say too much about myself. Now just on next Wednesday, you know, people that we see again. Not the new Sakubika, but the same Sakubika coming and always coming to fight. Never back up, always coming to fight, coming to put the best show on. That's what it is, yeah. Wednesday the 31st, so next Wednesday, like you say. Um, yeah. Sakio, what what are your kind of future plans? I mean, are you coming back to have just the one fight with Sam, or are you hoping to beat Sam and then, you know, fight other guys? What's the plan long term? Yeah, my plan for a long time, you know, uh, you know, I want to beat them, and when I beat them, I really want to beat them, and then when I beat them, maybe I want to challenge, maybe I don't know, I want to maybe battle Jack for light heavyweight, and then if he because I was supposed to say I want to challenge, because for me, maybe when I say that is, I always feel like say, even though we say I have a big head, if he maybe uh, this guy. Um, what's the name again? Canalo, he didn't have no opponent yet. I suppose to say maybe I need to challenge Canalo to try to find with Canalo because, you know, nobody never, maybe I'm 41 years old, it doesn't mean say I'm flat. I can two pounds. I didn't fight for three years. But again, I don't want to start pushing too much. Say I want to fight Canalo. I want to show the baby I can beat him because I can take it, I can hit, I can hit back, I can take him too. But I don't want to stop putting I want to fight Canelo. If I start seeing that person, so this I have too much big hit. But if it happens, then one thing I want to say, after this one with them, I want to fight Badu Jack and La Headway. If I have a chance to fight Badu Jack, if I don't have no chance to fight Badu Jack, I need to find someone to have the birth to cross to test itself. If it's good, it beat me, maybe it's time to me to hang my group up. Maybe I've been them, I need to go back again maybe for a couple, one year or one year and a half or two years. For me, if I have a one loss again, before this battle, any time, maybe it's time to hang my girlfriend because I don't need to achieve no nothing again. I don't need to impress nobody again. I don't need to achieve no. I don't need to achieve nothing. I just need to make sure say can I fight again? Can I push again this young kid? Because this young kid is really 25, 30, 28, 40, uh, 31. Then since get to find me, the thing is. If one day I win, maybe I lose some fight, maybe it's time to me to, to hang my girlfriend. I need to be very fair. I'm not dead here for so long because so many people that were just too scared to find me. I don't want to be calling the name for people. Man, everyone is feel like they, they want to beat Taco Pika, you want to stop Taco Pika, or you want to test yourself. Somebody needs to challenge me. I'm not there for challenge nobody again because that time is past. It past. It passed away very long time challenging people and people get scared, people they never respond. It's not the time for me to challenge people. The thing is, if it's a young kid, 
they feel that they need to challenge me, they can wake up and say, okay, I want to challenge, I want to see myself. You cannot fight, can. If you, if you feel as if you can fight, challenge me and come and see if you can. If you beat me, maybe you can fight. Maybe if you can't beat me, if you can't challenge me and say you want to fight with me, maybe people are too scared. That was I say. I don't know if I have the chance to fight on but maybe I want to fight Adi Jack and lie away again. I want to push to lie Maybe I can't fight and lie away. I just need someone to challenge me, to call me as they want to find me. And then I never say no because with me, anywhere, anytime, anywhere around the world, I'm ready to come and show you, say, I can come there and fight. I just, yeah. So, so to put that briefly, you're saying if you were to lose to Sam Solomon, you'd, you'd want to hang him up. But if you win, you want Badu Jack at light heavyweight. Am I right in saying that? Uh, I never, no, they refer, uh, they, um, they refer that I didn't say if I will lose. I said Sam Samuel can't beat me. Impossible. Sam Samuel never. Never or oh, never. I just say, if you one day something happens, I'll lose the fight. That's how you say If I lose it with them, yeah, definitely. If I lose it with them, I'm not coming back. I'm retired. Every day I lose fight, I'm not coming back again. I just retire. Spirit, okay. I'm not coming back. So if okay. it's on one, because with Sam Simon, Sam Simon never beat me at all. It's impossible. See, if he has said, say, I will lose with Sam Simon, I'm crazy. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's, never, it's, it's, never, it's never happened. Man, I just say, if tomorrow, after when I beat them, I want to fight Badu Jack, if Badu Jack wants to fight, or if you know, some young kids are spending with anywhere, no young kids. Big fat, not small fat, not some young kids say maybe looking to be the rock. I want to fight. I want to fight the best. One of the okay. best fights at Super Middleweight or La Heavyweight wants to fight me. He present himself say yes, that's why I want to challenge you. And when we go fast, but not young kids because I know how no I know how nothing to do with the young kids and just come, they want to do their life for themselves. I'm not there for them. I want to fight the big fat. Big fat, like big super middleweight. Like if we eighty one to one, I will come there fast. Uh, this guy, what's his name? Uh, what's the guy? Did he get beat by Canalo? What's that? Callum Smith. Callum Smith. I want to fight him. Bring me to England. I fight Callum Smith in England. If you're my old man, say to eighty one to bring me to England. I fight Callum Smith in England. If you're my old, if Callum Smith beat me, time to maybe to give up. But if he eighty one is too scared to me to come in England and fight like all the young boys and the Callum Smith. He can't let you father for me. People then too scared. Why? I'm 41 years old. And even if I'm old, if you feel I say you can beat me, come and fight me. Don't that was I want to say if you maybe people don't want to challenge me, challenge me to say I can fight to make in England. I can go in America, maybe fight some big name in America. I can go to Canada, fight some big name in Canada. Or I will fight I will fight bad job. That was as I don't want to challenge nobody anymore because I used to challenge people people for so long and nobody never returned my challenge. So I'm sick to challenging people. So I don't want to talk no name for nobody. So I want to challenge this. I want to challenge that. I want just being I just trained, being prepared and being ready for anybody who wants to challenge okay, me. There we go. There we go. So if Callum Smith or, or Badu Jack, like I say, they've both been on the show before. They've both been on this podcast. If they pick up the phone, Sakio will answer if, 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 if they call him. Um, my, my final two questions for you, Sakio, just before we, we wrap it up. Um, yep. 
who comes to mind when I ask you any era, any any era from history or from today, whenever? Who's your favourite UK fighter, Sakio? Wow. Oh, 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 oh. Maybe that question, technically, I don't want to. I have so many great, great UK fighters for many. For so long, you know, and then I used to follow that. I, I can't remember his name, but the thing is, I don't want to put you no know, young or all this. I don't want to sit for the name for the one day again. Maybe this question, maybe one day you need to call me back and okay. ask me the same question, and I will go back for the video, like for the YouTube video. I'm, I have the name for one person, but I can't remember his name, and I don't want just to say it was this guy, and then it wasn't him. And just to make some people feel happy. But can you please, maybe one more time, if you have this idea, you ask me the same question, I will give you the name. Okay, we will do that. After the Sam Solomon yes. fight, you've got to come back on and tell me the answer to that question. Deal? Okay, yes. Okay, and just finally, Sakio, listen, man, the guys over here in the UK, all, all the supporters that know who you are, that have followed your career, you know, we've always respected you. You've always been tough as hell in the ring. What's your message to your fans over here in the UK if you've got a nice message for them? Yeah, I just say, Megan, I'm very appreciative. Before, I want to appreciate, I want to thank everyone. Again, I need to thank you first because, you know, you, you do my day today. You make my day because... I never get this kind of interview. Like, you run all my step back. You tell me so many history, and then I was very blow up. I didn't know that. I was just laughing. <laughs> it just was, you know, I want to thank you first, you know, to run the step back, you know, talking about my life, about all this, what I achieved, what I didn't do. And then the message from the people from UK, I want to say for the people from UK, say again, I'm very pleased, you know, because UK people, they always have their boxing. What I love about UK people, man, it's not bullshit. And then I always say, maybe I wasn't just very happy. I wasn't very happy to be, I wasn't very happy. Maybe I supposed to be thinking to come to UK to get this, all this different from the UK. Just my my message from the UK people, I just say, you know, all this, my big friend from UK, I just very happy, you know. They love them boxing. It's not just about me. Because I think you get they love boxing and they love soccer. Because I'm very big fan for soccer. And then for me, for my only big fan for you guys, just again, thank you from your support. And thank you exactly for everything you're doing for, you know, you write the best message for my Instagram, like Facebook, everything. I want to just say thank you for all the fans for you again. Say, I'm not retired yet. I will win back. I will win this part. And maybe try to get together some other big family in the UK if I have the chance. Maybe I know I have no chance. I'm very happy. The love will always be there with all the friends for, for UK. They love boxing. I'm very sure no one of them, they never forgot about Sako Bika. Maybe just maybe the next generation, maybe this generation for this meantime, they never forgot about me. They will always say Sako will always come to fight with it. It's a fight with the heart. And for me, I just have to say thank you again for the UK fans. I really appreciate them support with one love.
Well said, Sakio. A great message there to end it. Like I say, anyone listening to me next Wednesday on the Tim Su undercard, you'll get to see that Ferb fight between Sakio and Sam Solomon. But listen, Sakio, it's been an absolute honor speaking with you and walking down memory lane with you. Thank you so much for all your time. I wish you happiness and success in the future. I'm going to be tuning in next Wednesday. I hope you, I hope you win the fight, and I hope we can speak again someday. We can speak on that. I will win the fight and we can speak on that. Thank you again for having me. I really appreciate your interview again. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the news part of the show. We're going to start here with uh, a fight that's been announced. It's going to be Savannah Marshall taking on uh, Femke Hermans. That's going to be a defense there of of, uh, Savannah's WBO middleweight world title. It's going to be on April the 10th, which is part of the, I think it's the Conor Ben and Vargas undercard. Um, and the real reason for this fight, I think, is because Femke Hermans went the distance with Clarissa Shields. And I think that Savannah Marshall would probably like to try and get her out of there. So, yeah, that's that one. Um, there has been a venue confirmed for Canelo against Billy Joe Saunders. It's going to be the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. I think a lot of us probably could could guess that. Um, a man that we're going to be speaking to on next week's show for sure, I think. I'm hoping anyway. Um, I've been trying to schedule with him for quite a while now, but he's involved in this fight here. It's going to be Derek Chisora against Joseph Parker. Made a first. Really good fight. In fact, it's, it's a really good clash of styles. I'm hoping to get Parker on, like I say, next week. But Eddie, what do you think about that fight, man? Joseph Parker and Derek Chisora made a first. Oh, man. I, like you said, it's a good style clash. With the two, you know, Joseph Parker's, uh, you know, generally a decent, uh, decent boxer, pretty good boxer. Um, tries to, you know, stay behind a jab in some ways and, you know, counter punch, good puncher as well. So, I mean, and, you know, Derek, he's coming forward, you know, try to bring the pain at all times and, and just staying in your face. So, you know, with that and honestly watching Joseph Parker fighting some of the fights he's fought recently, namely the one with Anthony Joshua having to be a little bit more aggressive to get, you know, offense off to get close. You know what I mean? It's been a little bit different. So this time he's going to have somebody that's coming at him the whole time. So now he's going to have to be able to box a bit and he's going to have to make his punches count as well because when Chisora gets inside, he's not coming inside to mess around or tickle. He's coming inside to punch. So he's going to have to be busy. You know what I mean? Either busy with his hands or busy on his feet. And he's going to also have to be, uh, you know, he's going to have to be forceful and authoritative with his punching power. To, to keep the Chisora at bay. So it's going to be interesting. I want to see it. But I think I think Parker's probably going to obviously win this one. But, um, you know, because, I mean, I don't know if where Derek is at in this point in his career. You know what I mean? He seems like he's obviously a little down from where he used to be and, you know, how he used to be able to fight and take, punch and all that, take punches and all that. But um, uh, it's still interesting. And it's uh, going to be an exciting fight, too. Absolutely, and um, it's one I'm really looking forward to as well, so hopefully we get Joe on the show next week. Um, Elsewhere we have, this is a great one as well, great piece of news here, Joe Smith and Maxim Vlasov, we know that fight's rescheduled for April 10th, they're going to be showing it in the UK on Box Nation, so head over there to watch that on that channel there, I certainly will be. Um, Charles Frankham, a guy that was signed to Matrim, has now parted ways with Matrim, he's now joined uh, Frank Warren, so yeah, he... uh, he was a really good amateur, I believe. He's 2-0 as a professional, but he hasn't boxed for quite a while. So that would be interesting. Big news for him. Um, 
in other news, the final piece that I have at the minute is that a fight has been announced between Tony Harrison, the former super welterweight world champion. He takes on Bryant Perella. That's going to be on April 17th in Los Angeles. Uh, all the best to Tony Harrison, friend of the show. Uh, quite a decent undercard as well with a few names on there. But yeah, all the best to Tony Harrison in that one there. Um, that is it for the news part of the show. Before we get on to the preview part, I'm just going to quickly come to you, Eddie, for this question that we have. Uh, this one's been sent in from Tuba TJ, long-time friend of the show, um, out there in Hawaii. Um, he says, hey, Joey, I don't know if you're still doing the trivia with Eddie. Yes, we are, and that's, that's for anyone else listening. Send them in and see if you can test Eddie's boxing knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. He says... Here's another heavyweight question as we hopefully head towards AJ versus Fury. No one has ever simultaneously held all four belts at heavyweight. Which two boxers have held all four belts but at different stages? So basically, you know, they might have won two belts at one point and then, I don't know, lost and then won the other two, whatever. Um, This shouldn't be that difficult. Really? I mean, that's a good question because when you think, well, I mean, we know, ooh, I, I got one. Well, no, no, because I don't think he's ever had the WBC. Because Vladimir, I don't think he's ever had the WBC, if I'm nope. not mistaken. He never had the WBC, no. Nope. Yeah, so, that's, so that's the one that, um, I can't, was it, because Lennox, Lennox had, and he had, I don't. I don't even know if he did either. Now that I think about it, I'm thinking. And Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, I think, was because he had. Did he have all of them? But that was that. Was that, you know, before the WBA BO really yeah, started? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, but I think he did have three, all three at one point. But I guess he didn't have that one. So I guess he that got doesn't count. Yeah, it's, well, that made that. Then it can't be anything pre, you know, before the '90s. Can't be, you know what I mean? Um, You're right. So, I'm thinking of Vander. Vander was. He had. I th- he had. I think he had. Nope. I don't know. No Vander. He didn't. He didn't have every belt. At one point, like at least like one here, one there. Like you know, that's what I was thinking. And if a tally. Was it Vitaly? Because was he one of them? Because he had—I know he had the BC at one point, but you know what? I don't think so because it, well, no, he might have. No. No. It had. Wait. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Ty, yeah, Tyson's one. Tyson Fury's Fury. one. <laughs> if you didn't get well, that, I was going to say, man, you're fired. <laughs> you know why? You know why? Because you know I wasn't thinking about it? Because I know he beat Vladimir. He yeah, believed yeah. Vladimir. And then I just realized, oh, yeah, he beat Deontay. So he got, he got all four. He definitely yeah. had all four. Um, and I think Anthony Joshua. No. Was when it? did he hold the WBC? That's true. What the hell am I saying? Yeah, he, did, yeah, he, he didn't hold the WBC ever. <laughs> what am I thinking? Because that's what fucking Deontay Wilder had. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give you a big clue. This guy oh. is American and this guy is <laughs> Lennox Lewis's era for sure. Wait. 
Okay, it was Lennox's era. I mean, obviously, he has to be a, you know, one of the big names, obviously. Oh, yeah. It wasn't Bo. It couldn't have been Bo. I don't remember Bo having... I know he. The only thing I remember both, you know, about doing with the uh, with the belts was putting one in the trash. But I didn't think. I don't think he had all of them. Who had? Who was it? Now I'm. Now you got me thinking. Like who the freak am I not remembering? That I'm not thinking. And you talk about heavyweight. How could I not know? Like in Lennox's era. I think we got to give you an L, Eddie. Why, man? Hold up, man. You gotta give me a chance, real quick. Hold I think up. you've Let had a think. chance. Nah, man, I, I'm, I'm hold on. And had all the belts, not necessarily all at the same time. And it wasn't Lennox. It was not no. Lennox. I can't, I can't think of who else it could be. Uh, Lennox, Vander, uh, Mike. But that wasn't at the time that he had it, so he didn't really. wasn't It wasn't Bo. Wait, 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 wait. Was it Michael Moore? No. Nope, nope, nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. I can't think right now. It was in the. It was in the era of the '90s. I mean, was no wait, because Lennox's era kind of stretched a little bit. His went into the early part of the 2000s too. So, and I, I, I'm trying to think. Is it the '90s part or was it the 2000s? And I can't 90s think part. of anybody. 90s part. Huh? The 90s part. That's what I feared. So now I'm thinking, like, who the freak was it? Well, why, where were there? I, I, I just, I'm drawing a blank. I don't know why. Okay. Okay. Firstly, in the future, we're going to do it definitely to make it juicier. We're going to do a time limit for the answer. And that's not not for some of these hard ass questions like that. Okay, so that was, this was hard. You actually said the guy's name, but then said no, he didn't do it, but he actually did. So I said L. Mike? No, it wasn't Mike. I said it wasn't Mike, but I, I didn't say anything oh. when you mentioned this guy's name. Oh, Bo. Yep, Bo beat Evander for the WBC, WBA, and IBF, and then he went on to lose in a rematch, and he gave the belts back. And then three fights later, he took on Herbie Hyde and beat him for the WBO. Oh, yep. come on. Oh, man, I didn't think it was Bo because, I, I mean, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was Bo because I didn't think, I didn't realize he, they had that many freaking exchanges. And wait, Evander had all three at that time. Yeah, Evander had all three. I didn't even realize he had all three. See, at that time, I wasn't looking at the belts. I wasn't thinking. Evander fought for the WBO, but he lost. Yeah, oh, so he could have had... He could have, yeah, oh. he had the chance, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would have been three people mm-hmm. that did it, but damn. Damn. Lennox had four, but he had the IBO. He had the IBO, you know, but I don't, right. you know, a lot of people don't count that. But um, right. but the IBO now is like, it's, it's gaining more and more ground every time. Yeah, so. yeah all right, you got me. Damn, but, man, yeah. I got a fact. Come on now. Evander could have been that guy. You know, he held all three and then he went on to fight for the WBO when he boxed um, Ibragimov in 2007, but he lost. So, uh, yeah. Damn, he fought, that's why he fought Bragimov too. Jeez, he fought everybody. Yeah, man. He really did. And do you know what? 
I said it earlier on 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 Twitter this week. There's a guy that I found out about. He had a record. I've, I told you this, Eddie, as well. He had a record of twenty and thirty nine with one draw. Um, a guy called Everett Martin. He was known as Bigfoot. And this guy's resume, man. For anyone that didn't see my tweet on Twitter, this guy's resume is unbelievable. Um, you know, he boxed. Um, let's start with. Um, who show yeah Burt Cooper he beat Burt Cooper he went on to box Dwight Muhammad Kawi he went on to box George Foreman UK's very own Gary Mason um he went on to box um oh man what's the guy's name uh, Francesco Damiani the Italian the Italian um heavyweight uh, he went on to box James Bone Crusher Smith uh Michael Mora Riddick Bowe, Tim Witherspoon, Tony Tucker, Larry Holmes, Herbie Hyde, Tony Tubbs, uh, Vladimir Klitschko. He went eight rounds with Vladimir. He lost it on 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 decision. Uh, Lehman Brewster, um, Fraser Quendo. He had a rematch with Vladimir and he got knocked out in the eighth round. He boxed Joe Hip. Um, yeah. Luan Krasniki, Sergei Lyakovic, and Ruslan Shagayev. I mean, his career spun or spanned from he turned pro in um, 1984 and retired in um, in 2001. So, 17-year uh, career, and he boxed mm. all those guys. Man, that is just crazy. Oh. But I hope he's doing okay. He was 5'11 and a half. He was a cruiserweight, really, but he just went up to heavyweight and boxed all these guys because at a point in his career, he was weighing around about 250, 260. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, all the best to him wherever he is. If anyone knows where he is, let me know because it would be good to get someone like that on the show. I'm sure he's got some uh, stories to tell. Anyway, that is it for the news. That's it for Eddie's quiz question. Uh, moving on, again, if you've got any other questions, please throw them our way. We'd love that. And going on now to the preview part of the show, we're going to start here at well, with a card that's happening later today at the Plaza del Quinto Centenario in, uh, in San Juan, Puerto Rico over here. Um a lady that I really enjoy watching fight, Amanda Serrano, 39-1 and one with a draw. She's in search of win number 40. She takes on Daniela Bermudez over 10 two-minute rounds. Bermudez is 29-3 and three with three draws. It's for the WBC, WBO, and vacant IBO female featherweight titles. Moving out now to the Copper Box Arena in Hackneywick, London over here. Um, David Adelaide, the undefeated heavyweight, 4-0. He's in a six-rounder against Mladen Manev, who's 2-8. and eight. Uh, Sammy Maxwell, he's 14-0 and 0 in an eight-rounder against Ben Fields, who's 10-9 and 9 with two draws. Dennis McCann, 8-0 in an eight-rounder against Luis Marino, who's 9-1. Brad Foster, 13-0 with two draws. He fights for the vacant IBF International Super Bantamweight title against Alvaro Rodriguez, who is... 10 and 3 with a draw. Um, a good fight here that I actually quite like. It's a weird one, and I like weird fights. Everyone knows that now. Zach Parker, friend of the show. I think he's ranked number one with the WBO at super middleweight. He's going to be uh, mandatory for Billy Joe Saunders soon, but now Billy Joe's fighting Canelo. He might end up even fighting Canelo. Who knows? Zach Parker, 19 and 0, friend of the show. He fights for the vacant WBO international super middleweight title against. 
Vaughan Alexander, the older brother of Devon Alexander. He's 15 and 4. That's over 10 rounds there. And the main event, Danny Ball, 9 and 0 with a draw. It's for the WBC International Silver Welterweight title. He puts his belt on the line against friend of the show, 11 and 0, Sam Gilly, who was on a couple weeks ago. All the best to Sam Gilly. That's over 10 rounds there. I really, really like that fight. Um,. And Frank is putting on two shows in two days because he's got the Friday and the Saturday. I'm going to get onto the Saturday. Uh, I'm going to get onto the Saturday right now, actually. Uh, over here we have Nathan Gorman, 17 and one, against former Huey Fury opponent Pavel Sauer, who's 13 and three. We have Louis Lin, 18, sorry, not 18, eight and zero. Oh. He takes on Sebastian Perez, who's 12 and one, with a draw for the vacant WBC International Silver Featherweight title over 10 rounds there. And the main event, it's a really good fight. Uh, Willie Hutchinson, 13 and 0 against Lennox Clark, 19 and 1 with a draw. It's for the vacant Commonwealth and vacant British super middleweight titles. Both cards there for Frank Warren on the Friday and Saturday at the same venue. Uh, no, no, sorry, not the same venue. Oh no, yeah, the same venue. Yeah, of course, the Copper Box. Um, I want Willie Hutchinson to win. He's a friend of the show, but I have to say I've been chasing the hell out of him for an interview. Uh, we were supposed to do it, then it didn't end up happening, then... It's been hard to contact him since. Um, and yeah, I have probably reached out about seven times or something like that. And it's just not happening. So can't can't chase him any more than that. All the best to him. He's a friend of the show. I'll always support a friend of the show. But it's just kind of annoying. But, you know, that's another story. Um, moving out now to the RCC Boxing Academy in Russia. Over here, there's a fight between... Evgeny Tyshenko, he is 8-0. He fights for the WBC Silver Cruiserweight title against Tabisa Machunu, 22-5. I hope that Machunu loses, as always. That's what I say when it is around. Over 12 rounds. <laughs> you heard what I said, right? Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> I'm all the best to both men in that fight, of course. Moving out now to the Europa Point Sports Complex in Gibraltar. Over here, this is a brilliant one. Campbell Hatton, the son of Ricky Hatton. He makes his debut in Gibraltar. Amazing. Groundbreaking stuff. On the undercard, Fabio Wardley, a man that is um, managed by Dillian White. He's on the undercard against Eric Molina. Really weird fight again. One that really kind of interests me. Eric Molina, 27 and 6 these days. But depending on what version of Eric Molina turns up, that could be a tough fight there for a prospect in Fabio Wardley. Yusuf Kamari, 11 and 0 with a draw. Uh, he takes on Kane Baker. He's always up for a fight, Kane Baker. He's 14 and 7. Eric Pfeiffer, 7 and 0. I think he's from the Netherlands. He was supposed to box Daniel Dubois, if I'm not mistaken. And that fight fell through. He takes on Nick Webb, who's 16-2. and two. All the best to Nick Webb. Friend of the show. Good guy. Um, the three main fights as well are all brilliant fights. Chris Congo, 12-0, and 0, takes on friend of the show, Michael McKinson, who's 19-0. and 0. Um, All the best there to Michael McKinson. I hope he can do that one there. It's going to be a great, great fight. He's the underdog. It's for the WBO Global Welterweight title. Ted Cheeseman as well on the card. 16-2 with a draw. He fights for the vacant British Super Welterweight title against James Metcalf, who... 
Um, he's 21 and 0. He's been looking for a big opportunity for a long, long time. This is it, and he's actually the favourite to win as well. So that could be a really good fight. Ted Cheeseman very rarely disappoints, you know, when it comes to action in his fights. And the main event, Alexander Povetkin, a man that you know very well, Eddie. This is his 40th pro fight, 36 and 2 with a draw. He takes on Dillian White in the immediate rematch, 27 and 2. It's for the WBC interim world heavyweight title over 12 rounds. Um, yeah, I think obviously the fight being delayed is is a good thing because I think when they initially tried to make the the fight, I think it was for October originally. It just seemed way too soon. We all agreed on that. Um, it's been pushed back. However, in that time, uh, Pavetkin contracted coronavirus. I hope he's not suffering from any after effects of that. But anyway, all that aside, who are you picking for this one here? I think I'm gonna weirdly enough go with. I think the same prediction I had for the first fight, I think it's going to go to points, which made me look really silly um, the first time because they both had each other down. But um, I thought it was going to go to points. I thought that Dillian White would win uh, by decision. I think it would be quite close. But this time, I think they're going to be even more cautious. That, that You know, Dillian White has to be cautious now, surely. And I think, again, it's going to... It's probably the worst, most unpopular prediction in the world, but I'm going with a... Dillian White points win, and I almost don't believe I'm saying it after after the last fight. Why not? That's well, a- because I don't know, man. Because <laughs> I don't know. Look how that fight went. Uh, Perfectkin was down twice. Dillian White was down and out. It was over in what was it, the third or, f- or the fourth or fifth round? Didn't even get to rounds. You know, the halfway mark. Didn't even get past round six. And I'm predicting points for two big punches like those guys. But anyway, forget about my unexpertised opinion. Give me the expert opinion, a man that's been twelve with Alexander. It was it's not a bad prediction. It's the same kind of prediction I had. I actually thought that, you know, the only issue that I said would be a problem is that, you know, Dillian, like I said, he's a little bit too locked out. You already know that. He fights a little high. So there's so he's susceptible he's susceptible to certain shots and you know, and, and you know, when you make mistakes like that against a guy with all that experience, that's what happens. So yeah, there's always a chance of a knockout. And like you said, yeah, Pavekin got dropped twice and Dillian was out and out. But the way the fight was going, even then, even with the knockdowns, it still looked kind of like, you know, Dillian was out, you know, was kind of, I don't want to say completely outboxing him because he really wasn't. I thought the fight was a lot closer than, you know, what it was looked like, you know, what the what the uh, announcers were, t- what were saying the, the night of. So um, I think that, you know, Dillian should be able to come back and win the fight boxing and be and and you thinking it's a bad pick is not because now they're obviously going to be a lot well Dillian's going to be a lot more cautious where I think which I think will drive the fight him being cautious he's a big enough puncher with enough snap on his jab to keep Povetkin from just burrowing in and trying to just get those big shots off you know you know trying to get close and all I think he would still have to be a bit more cautious as he approaches the fight, as he approaches his offense. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, if Dillian can get behind his jab, bend his knees a little, and 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 move around and keep and keep from getting caught with anything anything big, he can win a boxing match. Not saying that he's a much better boxer than Povetkin. It's just that you know with the way the size is, which I mean they're not that much difference. In, you know, there's not that much of a difference in size, but Dillian being the younger, fresher guy. You know what I mean? A snappier jab at this point in his career with a with a big enough right hand and big and big enough punching power to keep respect. 
he'll be able to uh he'll be able to outbox him. I really think that's not a bad pick. In fact, that was the pick that I was gonna say. I was gonna say maybe you know if if there's a way that Pavekin is gonna win, it's gonna be mid to late round you know, stoppage. He'll maybe catch him at the end or something like that, making another mistake. That's the only way I see Povekin winning the fight. But with Dillian, as long as he boxes and stays safe and doesn't do anything unnecessary or make any unnecessary mistakes, he'll actually, I feel like he'll be able to box his way to a victory. You know what I mean? Be it by decision or late stoppage for him. But I, I just, I would, I just want, I just got to see him be able to move a little better just a little better. I'm not saying he has to run around the ring or anything like that and keep that jab snappy and stay behind it, careful, and see everything that's coming. And don't throw anything stupid late or, or unnecessary and he won't get caught and stopped. Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting fight. It's a, it's a fight that I think everyone's interested in uh, because, you know, the loser probably has to hang him up. I'm not saying Dillian White would be totally done. You know, he's I think he's still a top heavyweight, even if he loses. There's no shame in losing to Povetkin twice. But um, if he gets knocked out again like that, it could be career-ending. Um, you know, safety comes into it. I think he, he could still beat a lot of the top guys, though. As for Povetkin, I don't think there's a way back in for him with his age, you know, with his age the way it is. I think he's 42. I can't even remember how old he is now, 42 or something like that, 41. Um, yeah, he's been in a lot of wars. And it was weird because I, you know, I thought it was it was going to go the distance the first time around. And that was, uh, you know, largely based off of Povetkin's performance against Michael Hunter. But weirdly, when he took those shots off of Dillian White, it seemed like he... He just had no punch resistance. I couldn't believe the shots put him down, to be honest. But then, you know, the power is the last thing that leaves you, and he, he he's always had that power, that devastating power. That left hook is is honestly the scariest thing probably in heavyweight boxing. That and Deontay Wilder's right hand got to be two of the most scariest punches coming at you. Um, <laughs> imagine if you could actually make a fighter that had uh, Povetkin's left hook and, and, uh, and, and Wilder's right hand power. Boy, oh, boy. But anyway... Um, yeah, see, that's probably curtains for the loser. So it's a it's a it's a fight that garners a lot of in uh, interest from from worldwide media, worldwide fans, and stuff like that. The winner goes on and gets a big fight. I hope Dillian can avenge it. You know, he's a friend of the show. We had him on once before about five years ago, but you know, I'd like to see him win it. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be be wanting uh, Povetkin to win. I don't want the Russian to 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 beat the the Brit again. But uh, we shall see. We shall see. It's, it's definitely a fight you can't blink for. Because if you did last time, if you if you blinked to that right moment there, then you'd have missed, um, you know, the fight ending shot. Boom. One shot. Good night. And, um, yeah, I think it's just going to be quite a cautious approach from Dillian White. It has to be. He can't be reckless. He learned the, the hard way. And, um, yeah, I think he's going to be quite focused. He's been sparring in Portugal with with um, with um, Masternek, the cruiserweight. And yeah, I think he's going to be on his A game. We shall see. I really cannot wait for it. Honestly, it's uh, it's, it's a fight that really gets me excited. Moving out now to Pat Squaro in Mexico. Just one fight card I want to let our listeners know about. Um, if you decide you want to watch it, it's on Facebook at um, at King Carlos Molina. Uh, his his Facebook page, King Carlos Molina. On this card, there's I think about eight or nine fights, something like that. I'm not sure how many of them is going to get shown on Facebook, but you've got a few names in there, a few prospects coming through. Um, and yeah, you know, 
Roy Jones Jr. has got a couple guys on the undercard as well. So that's for free on Facebook. Again, it's going to be on Roy Jones's page. It's going to be on, um, I think, the WBC's page. And King Carlos Molina has a page as well. Friend of the show, former 154 world champion. All the best to him. He's not fighting on this card, but he's promoting it, of course. And the final card to mention, it happens next Wednesday. So by the time we record the show next week, um, the fight would have already took place, so here we are previewing it. We'll review it next week. We've got top in the bill, Tim Su, the son of Kostazu. He's 17-0. and 0. He's in a 10-rounder against Dennis Hogan. Um, I like that fight a lot. Hogan is 28-3 and 3 with one draw. That's for the WBO Global Super Welterweight title. And on the undercard, we spoke to the man earlier on. I spoke to him for a long, long time there. Sakio Bika, 34-7 and with three draws in a comeback fight against Sam Solomon, who's 47. Um, he is 46-14 and 14 with a draw. It's over eight rounds. This is the third fight between the pair. Of course, if you listened to the interview and didn't skip through it, Sam Solomon won the first fight. Sakio Bika won the second fight as part of the contender, uh, the TV show, when he beat Sam Solomon in the, in the semifinals, when he avenged that loss. So it was 1-1. And this is the third fight. This is the rubber match. And I think it's about 13 years later. So here we are. <laughs> May the best man win. All the best Sakio Beaker in that one. But that is it, though, for the preview part of the show. Just before we wrap everything up, that's all the talking done. I will come in with the outro in just a few seconds. Okay, and this wraps up episode 284 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers have been with me for the duration of the show. A massive thank you to our sole guest on this week's podcast, the former WBC super middleweight world champion, Saki Obika. The biggest thanks of all, though, goes out to you, the listeners. If you're still listening now, myself and Eddie, we thank you very, very much for listening and tuning in every single week. That is about everything from myself, though. Remember to tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast if you've got a spare couple minutes please leave us a review on itunes that's about everything though enjoy your weekends people stay safe and we shall see you all again next week